I asked Asher, I was like, can I put our family doctor on our five, like, the five freebie list? <laughs> oh, there's five. Literally, I was just like, she's so hot. You didn't warn me how hot she was. We will survive with our wits, with our friendship, with our rock. <laughs> it's like, I was just like, oh, I mean, that's all you need. Yeah. Ask me how much it is. How much is it? <laughs> With tax <laughs> or in shipping, it's two hundred fifty-two dollars and like yeah, fifty-eight cents. Of course it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Welcome to episode 59, the live recording. If you're joining us on YouTube on Wednesday, November the 14th, 2018, and not so live if you're listening to us in a podcast of Long Walk Short Drink. I'm Palmer, podcasting to you from Dayton, Ohio. Greetings, Long Walkers. It's Dave podcasting at you from Northfield, Minnesota. Somebody was chiming out that we already have we already have one viewer. Outstanding. Probably, Welcome. Two viewers. We had hello, some hello. chiming at the bit. Welcome to episode 59 of Long Walk Short Drink. Holy shit, Dave. <laughs> 59. Yeah. Senior citizens we are. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, man. We were discussing your your look before as well. Oh my! This is the my hobo winter look. <laughs> yeah, which I like quite a bit. The Randy Quaid conspiracy theory look. Yes, but looking good. And look at Tank back there in his little sweater. Or what is that? A no, he's, shirt? A, he's in a sweater. He's cold too. He's got his uh, his hobo winter looked on too. <laughs> Tank, come here. Come here. Oh. <laughs> come here. Yeah, bring him up there. He's got a haircut. Oh, yeah, he looks sharp. Look at oh, I like this a lot. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I got. What, uh, he's he such a good boy. <laughs> uh, there you go. Go hang out with mom. Oh, we know you like that her was more. Nice. Oh, okay. no, he's a. Uh, he looks so great, but we just got to, we get, we can only get him groomed twice a year. So we do it in the fall and we were a little late doing it this year, but we still needed to get it done. And, uh, but then he's like too cold for the first month or so because it's too short. Maggie must've known we were talking about dogs, but dude, you've been out twice. I know you're eating poop. You're done. Go away. Oh, poop eaters. She's a, yeah, she's. Yeah, our older dog is uh, nearly perfect, except for she has separa separation anxiety, so she'll pee if you leave her alone. 
and she eats poop. Oh. <laughs> and and now she got the sundowner thing where she gets up in the middle of the night, but that's gotten a little bit better. Anyway. I don't know what her problem is. <laughs> I'm digging your look there. It's very uh utilitarian like. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's actually a this shirt that was on clearance wherever I was buying a coat. Um the, the bride was like, if you bought like three things, you got a significant portion of money off. It was like at the outlet mall. And uh, I bought a new like winter-ish coat because I've been wearing the same um, leather coat since the bride and I met like 12, 13 years ago. And she has always hated it <laughs> because it makes noise. <laughs> 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 and and so every time, like for 13 years now almost, she'd be like, oh, dismayed when she sees me wearing it. I'm just like, bro, you know, this is my, co- I don't have a different coat. Yeah. This is the coat that we're going to have until we get a new one. <laughs> and so, so we were at a place and, and we did. And uh, this shirt was just like, a, I got this shirt and some socks <laughs> to make up for the, to get the, the discount. But it, she was like, I thought it would be like loungewear. <laughs> She's like, no, you can wear that to work. So utilitarian is, is a great word in that I did wear it to work with like a some sort of other shirt underneath yeah. to distinguish it from loungewear. And now <laughs> it is loungewear. <laughs> Very nice. It's like yeah. um, like Clark Kent, glasses, no glasses. Yeah. or it's, yeah. yeah, it was a mad dash. You know, you say it's a mad dash, take your pants off. I was like, when you get home, I... I definitely wanted to do that. I would get everything set up, but I also wanted to put on different pants. <laughs> so that happened. Have you ever Almost seen that? red sweats. But have you ever it. seen that? Uh, you remember that commercial? With, uh, it was for a mattress or whatever. And it's like the couple is like wrestling each other. Or maybe it's to take a shower or something. But they're like literally chasing each other home from work and like pushing each other out of the way to try to be the first one to like take the shower or use the toilet or something. Oh, yeah. I swear that's like some days it's like that for Ash and I on who gets to take our pants off first. Like who gets to get upstairs <laughs> first and take our pants off. So, that's hilarious. Um, so uh, Steiner came down to visit us this past weekend. Which, oh, that's great. Which was awesome. Yeah. I'm bringing that up uh, so quick because he brought with him when he came down. So he came down. Uh, he wanted to go through the Air Force Museum, which is here in Dayton, um, hmm. which is I highly recommend to anybody who's got a day to burn and you're in the Dayton area. Um, it is fantastic. Uh, it's free admission and uh, runs solely off of donations. And it starts the first plane that you see is the Wright flyer uh, like the Wright brothers plane who the Wright brothers were from Dayton and they have everything there. Like they have um, the, the box car, which was the plane that ended the ended world war two. Like it dropped the second bomb uh, on Japan the plane that flew that they have the Memphis bell there. Uh, but yeah, so he came down. It's totally awesome to, he wanted to go through the air force museums, but he ended up spending the weekend. But when he came down, he brought from Akron, look at the size of that beer. Whoa. Here, this is a pint glass next to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Like there's so much, they're so big. He brought like five of these from this. So this is from the, the R Shea brewing. 
Akron, Ohio. And the name of this one, he brought like five different kinds is twitchy bitch. <laughs> uh, a fantastic union between our big Imperial stout and whole bean coffee from the local Akron coffee roasters. Oh man. So it sounds good. <laughs> and it's featuring pumpkin spice. So that could go either way. Oh, that's uh, an odd. It, so that's always, well, that's weird. So it's kind of like a Halloweeny beer. ish. Yeah. Like a fallish like beer. Yeah. Fall. Uh, so halloweener is pumpkin spice huge out in minnesota i think yeah it's probably all over the country yeah yeah. Yeah. all right (laughs) i just wanted to make sure because you were like is that a halloween thing like i think pumpkin spice is more of a fall thing yeah no yeah you're okay we're yeah closing in on the the thanksgiving yeah thanksgiving yeah so yeah so i have this big giant beer we should grab our beverage of choice. So we should. Uh, what do you think? On three and three. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> I got caught in that this morning. I think it was this morning. Rami's yesterday. It had been really quite cold here. Winter came almost unexpectedly and has. It kind of lit up a little today, but um, but so I was letting the the dogs out in the morning, and the the bride kind of so I, I i let the one out and then i i guess i mean i'm a space cadet in the mornings but and generally tr- try not to have people talk to me <laughs> people being the bride <laughs> but it's been a <laughs> lifelong thing <laughs> um but so i i uh it's hard to tell the story to have it come across well but basically i got caught doing a walk in oh <laughs> because, so i did that i i guess i let the dog out and did that and then she goes what are you doing <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> I was just, uh, it's cold. <laughs> so I did a Christopher Walken O. <laughs> and she's like, you're an w- epic weirdo. And went back to bed. Uh, so anyway. That's, uh, what, the, so- that's what you celebrate. <laughs> oh, my Ooh. gosh. It was such a long drip. That was so, that was so dirty what i just camera. did. Yeah, yeah. it was hot. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure it's so hot with my hobo look. Worked for me. <laughs> uh, so uh, I want to hear about Steiner. You teased a couple things in a, in a fun text, and um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, what's 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 been happening? I feel like we get we had an extra episode with my crow thing, and there's uh, I did unboxing videos, and anyone keeping up the long walk, short drink is well aware of my <laughs> goings on for the last few weeks. But um, I feel like I'm less aware of yours, so c- catch me up. Start wherever you like. Broadman, how's it going? Broadman's. Hey, Broadman. Oh. Um, oh. Broadman. So. Well, Steiner came down. That was a great visit. We uh, ate some good food and drank a ton of beer and went out to Warped Wing. Uh, which is a brewery here in Dayton. It's probably my favorite one. It's probably the one that has the best beer. I should say that. Uh, drink some amazing beer. And then um, we had a three-day weekend this past weekend, which was great. So we just kind of like totally vegged out. Uh, I had... So this is probably the best 
the coolest thing that's happened to me since the last time we spoke. Uh, so I, when I started doing my pinball stuff, there was, uh, I found this elect electronic supply guy basically who had done pinball repair. And when I talked to him, when I, the first time I talked to him, uh, he talked about how he had a heart attack and he can't really get out to fix pinball machines anymore. And he just really does the parts now. And so I like on a whim just said, you know, if you ever have thought about taking on an apprentice or somebody to like show how to fix pinball machines, I would, you know, I would be willing to work just for the knowledge, you know? And uh, he's like, I have been thinking about something like that. And, you know, maybe I'll, I'll think it over and we'll touch base. This was like a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And just recently I got this random call from him and he's like, Hey, I just wanted to make, see if you were still interested in that. And I was like, yeah. And so I got to go out like I have a Yoda, like a pinball Yoda, basically. Oh, like, that's what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> so like I got to go out on my first job, like in repair a pinball machine with this guy. Whoa. And uh, it was awesome. Like, so awesome. We got under like he like walked. He's like, I'm not a very good teacher. He kept saying stuff like that. And like, I was like, I, I think he did just fine. Like I learned what to do and for this particular problem and he walked me through like troubleshooting and we checked a couple things and uh some of the stuff i knew and so he quizzed me on some stuff and but it was awesome like we like went out and he's gonna pay me and all this awesome stuff so it's a nice That's little incredible. side gig yeah wow. and like i get to hang out with this guy from the 70s who's like he <laughs> who's just awesome just amazing so he's like oh man really there's just this cool old guy who it's kind of like gruff and kind of like he, he he'll flat out tell you he's like i'm a perfectionist and i like stuff my way like that's just <laughs> so don't basically telling me like just shut up and i'm going to show you how i fix pinball machines and that's what i want you to that's how i want you to fix pinball machines right and uh yeah no he's uh he's awesome so i <laughs> uh, did that last night that was our first job the oh, first job wow. i had with him was last night other than that just been cranking through work uh been you doing actual stuff there yeah like <laughs> no still training still training yep still just training and uh Go oh we've been going to the since we um have better insurance now with these jobs we've been catching up on some like overdue doctor's appointment just like routine doctor's appointments uh we got a new family doctor because our old other doctor retired and hmm. uh got our teeth cleaned got our got an eye exam to update our prescriptions and yeah kind of boring like, clean bill of health though is never boring if oh that's yeah what you got going. Uh, yeah no um 
all that's pretty good I mean, maybe but the, but in the best way <laughs> yeah no uh they did blood work on me and uh all that was all in the good range so yeah just lose weight oh and i'm trying to update my sleep study so i can start using my cpap again so does that that change over time or something what's the update i just haven't well i i mean i'm the last time i had a sleep study was like 12 years ago this is a long time ago and uh i didn't really wear the machine that much so i just i just wanted to see if i should just maybe start and like even the the sleep um doctor was just like yeah we're just gonna start over we're just gonna do i'm gonna try to get you a new study and then uh once we have that figured out, we'll get you a new machine and all that stuff. So, which sleep doctor? You ever call him Doctor Sleep? <laughs> no, it's a it's a woman, uh, oh, and she yeah. like she was weird. She well, she's not weird. She's totally like the kind like she would put. I guess the stereotypical joke is I like she would put ice and and white wine or whatever. Uh, oh she, sure, the bride does that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and so like that's what she she like comes in with a purse and inside her purse is her stethoscope and her like all her doctor <laughs> stuff so she carries this like vera wang purse not a vera wang but like carries a purse around uh it's not is it it's kind of small it's like smaller than you'd think to have all that stuff in it how does it vary from what i'm picturing like a doctor's bag you know like you see in old movies yeah it or was something. like a, a it, it was bigger than a clutch bag it was probably like like this big maybe and it had a handle a big hoop handle and she like pulled it apart so <laughs> yeah funny. is she hot uh i actually i i mean i joke yelled at ash uh, that she did not warn me how attractive our f- new family doctor was because Ash went there. Oh, it's went, the family doctor, not just well, the no, sleep doctor. Well, yeah, the sleep doctor is a woman too, but our new oh, family doctor is a, is a woman also. And uh, the sleep doctor is not very, I, I mean, she's like average attractive. Uh, but our our family doctor is like, I asked Ash, I was like, can I put our family doctor on our five, like the five freebie list? <laughs> oh, there's five. Well, wait. A I mean, second. it's celebrities. You're not gonna have like. Can you rattle them off though? I would no, love to know. No, oh. it's not. A, it's not a real. Any? List. Do you have any other ones? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm interested. <laughs> I think Brad Pitt's on there. <laughs> we do. I think the last time to Brad and I talked about this, which has been in the last couple of weeks, <laughs> like there was something that came up. Always with her, it's like, who would you take it up the butt from? Which I hate it when she says that. Yeah. Just because I have such a vivid imagination. I can't, why, I was like, why can't you just ask me who is, who I think is the most handsome or the hottest or whatever? Why do you have to, why does it have to be that? Yeah. So specific. But she loves that. But anyway, we were getting into it. We weren't talking about some of it. And I was, (laughs) and Brad Pitt came up and I think I declared oh no that's what it was she said she saw an interview a recent interview with him and she's like he's not looking so good i'm like oh really and i was picturing certain things i've seen in the last few years and she showed me the thing i'm like you're out of your mind that is one of the most attractive human beings to ever live <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay go on so other people that are in the in the fire. tom hardy might be on there no oh uh what are those things up by your neck are those traps 
some incredible, you know, the muscles up there that he has that are so insane sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those are your traps. No. Um, I don't know. I just named two dudes. That's kind of scary. Not scary. Ah, I guess it's 2018. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. Huh. Fair enough. That's all right. And the and doctor. <laughs> family doctor. And our and our family doctor. Like I doctor. literally I was just like, she's so hot. You didn't warn me how hot she was. And I I'm sitting here trying to tell talk about my weight and all this crap and she's hot. Yeah. She was I don't think I could I wouldn't want a female doctor <laughs> for some reason. It's like think, nine, that's very 1950s of you, Dave. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Uh, I don't have a well. Maybe, maybe I would actually. That's actually interesting. Maybe I would. <laughs> um, I I don't have a regular doctor. I haven't really had one for many many years, and haven't liked the ones that I've had <laughs> since. Yeah. Since I've been, well, I didn't really. I went one time in, in my adult life in like in Cleveland, I guess. But since we moved to. Minnesota. I've had. I've gone to many doctors. I like this one surgeon I talked to. The one guy that cut my butt off was cool, but I'm glad I don't have to see him much. <laughs> and, but yeah, don't have a family doctor. So then the ones I've had, I haven't liked. So maybe I do need to try a female one. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, she's not going to be as hot as my doctor. Yeah, but... my therapist is a female. And that I that I was pretty deliberate about. Maybe that's because the one time, other time I went to a therapist who's a dude, he made me mad. I don't know. I'm a complex guy with a lot of hang-ups I yeah. guess, about <laughs> medical professionals. <laughs> or a very simple guy, perhaps. Uh, oh, anyway. man. <laughs> um, oh, I was going to ask you something, but now I forgot. Well, tell me, tell me more, if you can, about the Steiner update. I mean, I it was just funny because... Um, hadn't you know you don't necessarily hear from people all the time but we heard from steiner out of the blue when he was in like iceland right he suddenly sent us a text of listening to episode 50 yeah he showed us a picture of his car like and he was listening to long long short drink in iceland um so a while ago like early october i think um my cousin and his wife and their two kids came down to visit and they wanted to go through the air force museum. That's like, it's just like the one thing that you can do. That's good for families and everybody here in Dayton. That's free. And, uh, and it literally takes a whole day to go through the the museum. Like it, it just is so massive. And I had tweeted out pictures of the Memphis bell. Cause that just opened that exhibit just opened, uh, this summer and it was the first time i finally got to see it and so he happened to he happened to like comment on that or send me a text after that tweet that said hey i i need to come down there i want to go through and see that and see you guys and i was there with family and i kind of sent like a one-off text like you know our october is pretty full this uh with weddings on the weekends, but uh, let's shoot note for November. And then we got towards the end of the month and uh, I followed up with them and was like, Hey, uh, let's, 
let's try to get together. You know, if you're still interested in getting together. And I was just, I just basically, we ended up like talking then at that point, And that's when we put down the weekend that it was going to be. I was just like, we can just sit and talk about how we need to see each other more, or we could just see each other more. Like, so <laughs> did you say that in one of the texts? Yeah. Like, well, I, th- or I, I was like, we'll just keep talking about getting together and then never actually get together unless we just do it. Yeah. So that's great. That's, uh, and he's like, yeah, no, that's, that's totally true. So we ended up coming, he ended up coming down, uh, on a, on our, a weekend that we had free. Uh, and we just hung out and bullshitted and walked around the museum all day, ate awesome food, passed out. Like I, like we both nights passed out the second night he was here. We were just hanging out, drinking and shooting the shit. And, uh, Ash and I both fell asleep, like sitting up in our chairs (laughs) And woke up to like he had gone to bed and everything, just like <laughs> shut everything down. We were just in the living room by ourselves, sleeping like like this. <laughs> um, he talked about how uh, that Iceland trip was just kind of like a, a it one of those things that came together. He had some time to burn, and um, some friends from work were going and invited him along, so he went. Oh, nice. And. Uh, which is like an impromptu vacation like that to Iceland. That's just like, that's all kinds of awesome. So did did he, I don't know. Do you guys talk about, it'd be great to get him back on. Like remember he he was on and he, he said he had this other period in his life, this other place, not a a different cabin or whatever. And he's like, Oh, that's for another time. So he seemed to intimate that he'd be up for coming back. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I could totally, I'm sure he would be more than willing to come back on. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd like that. He said that he's got a good group of friends there that they started playing Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which right is now, like yeah. at this point, oh, that's yeah. amazing. That's and so he's cool. like, in, in all my nerdiness, I never played Dungeons and Dragons. Like I always was like, that's too nerdy, <laughs> and now here I am playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like, whoa, yeah, that sounds incredible. And he, uh, it, it, this is super heartwarming for me in this weird way but like because i don't know like he steiner was like he steiner's a huge metal fan like heavy metal fan and uh i asked him about being and i I was like that like is that one of the countries that takes heavy metal like super serious like almost like we do gangster rap and uh like serious, like I forget which country because he even looked it up and we talked about it, uh, or, or he didn't even have to look it up. He knew what I was talking about. But there's like some country, Nordic country like that, that their heavy metal musicians like walk around with like broadswords and like get in oh sword fights God. in the street. I see what you mean. Yeah, like, like it extends into the real world, like with beefs and stuff. Yeah, I mean, just like with our Whoa. like with our rappers, like gangster yeah. rappers, and so, uh, um, he's like, and at all, I can. He's like, I can remember being in your room in the basement on Sunset, the house on Sunset, and you played one Metallica's one for me, and. 
I'm listening to this song and you're like, and I remember saying like, what's the big deal? And you saying, this is the like most awesome thing on the planet or something along those lines. And I didn't get it then. And, and but now it's like, yes, that is like, he just, so he was basically saying like, I started, I turned him on to the first, the first metal that he liked. I, oh, you turned I, him on to that's a, I guess, uh, yeah, like he, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I was, I was hearing that the other way around. That's pretty yeah. cool. Wow. That, I mean, that's how I took it. So that was like, yeah, pretty awesome. Because that's uh, in his adult, uh, in his adult, adult Steiner, his love, his affinity for metal is like one of the. That's one of the like characteristics I would give him. And awesome. uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty cool. His beard is epic so sweet uh he brought a thing in addition to these five giant beers he brought a 12 pack of uh christmas ale with him oh yeah which was oh we're we're about to get some uh company from northeast ohio in a couple days i'm sure they will be packing that i have to prepare myself <laughs> oh so nice it's a good batch this year is it yeah it's weird how it's a little different uh some years than others yeah so well, that's great yeah we gotta yeah we gotta get him back on i i i reached out to pumps about aliens uh and i don't know if like his number has changed or something but you know a lot of us or a lot of people i communicate with have iphones that you do and and yeah. i know you can make this choice about whether or not people see when you read your text or whatever but i, I feel like his always told me and it just says delivered and yeah, like, and I know that you didn't hear back from him for a while, and so pumps if you're out there, <laughs> show gonna, some proof of life. <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna talk about aliens, and we would have loved to have had you on. Game over, man. <laughs> Game over. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, did you listen to the Tenacious D album? I did. I listened to it like you know on the way home almost twice and so it's very fresh in my mind Did yeah it, oh i listened to it on november 2nd i like <laughs> i it was so happy that i day. was so happy that's yeah. that's the best way to say it yeah it's, it's called post apocalypto post right post apocalypto and yeah. uh it, i it's just so it was so good it was like that first tenacious d album good like I loved the fact that there was this story around it. I don't. I was aware of this. I don't know why I didn't bite. You know what I mean? Like I don't know why I didn't seek it out, um, or why I didn't make the leap until yeah. you texted me. You know, we were texting back and forth about today, and they're like, you know, new Tenacious D album. Just say it. And I was like, yeah, that's right. I could. I'm sure I could just listen to that on the way home, and I did. And I was so happy the whole time. So I don't know why I didn't do it before, but uh, I yeah, I was just so so. And because there's there's a little stretch, I'm gonna bring it up because I'm gonna get the names wrong. But like the sketches, um, really oh, yeah. made it for me. Like I, I don't think yeah. I would have liked the music as much without the. And I don't know, is there more story maybe than we're getting, or is there like music videos for everything animated I I that fill in the gaps? Like uh, all I know is is it's this beautiful concept album that's like all one giant story. They get a dog, like a two-headed dog, that's referenced multiple times, and like, 
There's there's definitely videos for everything. They have a channel uh for uh, it on, YouTube. on YouTube. Yeah. So maybe I'd love to there's a couple of them that I'm just uh, there's and they're so fucking short. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Oh, yeah, man. This is on YouTube. I got the sense that the things were a little abbreviated. Uh because the songs are super short. The interludes in like less than 2 minutes and all this. Fucking this is long. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Did you listen, Oh my god. Did I'm you listen so to ready. it? On, did you listen to it on YouTube? No, I listened on Google Play. You were you suggested oh, okay, that. Okay, yeah. So, so, I, so that's like the I whole that. that that is the whole album, right? So I don't know though cuz it was not an hour long and there's a Tenacious D post apocalypto the movie posted 5 days ago. It looks like for it looks oh. as I'm looking at their uh YouTube, it looks like f- once a week they would post a chapter and some of them are like f- they're about like 15 14 minutes each. So and then there are some of the mo- then there are lyric videos like Woman Time, Colors, Robot, <laughs> Daddy Ding Dong. <laughs> uh oh man i'm so ready for this <laughs> oh this is that's a rabbit hole that we need to remember we are in the middle of recording an episode of our own show yeah for. <laughs> yeah I, but there was there are some that were my favorite like there was a little chunk in the album album that uh was just a perfect like when the when they the aliens or whatever were gonna not aliens who was it someone's inviting jack to go but not kyle to, oh yeah, to space. the like the um super elite, so, like the smart people. Yeah. Oh, here we go. I've got to go. Yeah. <laughs> if I could listen to one thing, two thing, it would be I've got to go. <laughs> um, I'm gonna put that one in. That might be fun. That's just perfect, perfect banter. Uh, well, if we have, do you have the whole thing where you can pipe it in? Oh yeah, that, I, might, I can. I can probably do that. This is just talking, so it should be okay. Let me bring it up. The, I mean, I was having fun, but when when we got to when I got to this one, I really just sort of completely surrendered to this like ludicrous laughter. I was just like then giggling the rest of the time. But from what I could tell from the uh, um, the just the audio version, just the album version. You still get a little bit of a story that, like that, that the Earth is in shambles and it's in the apocalypse. <laughs> oh, you know what? I I wrote down like two things, or not two things, but I wrote down a line from the f- first song, I think. No, the first like interlude, desolation, where Jack says, "We will survive with our wits, with our friendship, with our rock." <laughs> it's like <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, I mean, that's all you need." Yeah. That's kind all of right. my last album too. <laughs> all right, I've uh, gotta got to go. The, right? Uh, yeah. So this is, I think, um, somebody. Uh, I don't remember who it is. Someone with a German accent. Here, it's a scientist. That's right. It's a scientist that comes down and says that they need, you know, I don't know, musicians to entertain them in space. And, and so look. the D plays a song, and that to audition as to whether or not they can come to space. And then this is what happens. Wow. Um. I have to say, I'm pretty impressed. Okay, your lucky day, Jack Black. You're getting on the ship. <laughs> Kyle Gass, I'm sorry, you're not going to make it. We're not bringing you. We're going to bring Wait. only half. 
And wait, uh, that is the. Uh, I sh- fucking you shoot you now! No, I went you over for two! You fucking no, come on. savage! We're a team! We go together! Dude! We go. Fuck! This fucking sucks! He wants me, but not you? Like, That's what? fucking bullshit! Why? You can already hear it in his voice that I'm gonna leave you. I'll tell you something. Yeah, I love that so much. That's fucking bullshit! I'm gonna go, but here's what? The- You're gonna no, go? let me just tell you and leave what? me down let here? Tell what you, supposed to do? Let me tell you why! Where the fuck is three headed dog? I lost that. Let me tell you why! <laughs> I'm going in there. I'm gonna infiltrate oh, the revolution. The revolution starts from inside, bro. I go in. Let's hear me out. I go in. I fucking ch- ch- check out the joint. I scope the joint. I get. I figure out what makes him tick, and then I fucking get you a ticket. I get you a ticket. Are you gonna find me? You're in space, Cage. I'm sorry. I've got to go. No, don't go. Hope, come here, boy. Oh, come here. Hope, where are you going? Oh, boy, come back. Come here. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> the, bride, the bride just crawled in. To lure out the dogs. I see you. <laughs> She's... How you gotta shut the door? Oh. <laughs> 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 that was hilarious. Oh, she was very quick. <laughs> she goes goodbye, suckers. Huh. Oh, but that's a great. I mean, there there's good music too, of course. But I I feel like it's I I, I appreciated it so much more because the it whole, was set up by stuff like that. Yeah, holistically though, the whole thing it just like they they do a lot of like voice modulation to play the different characters, which is like so great and yeah. Uh, it it just was this fun like every song flowed into a sketch, which flowed into a, the next song. Uh, so it just goes back and forth. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then and then it seems to be a, a sixty-five minute movie uh, on on their YouTube channel for free. I, oh, which is fucking awesome! <laughs> cannot wait for that. Oh, good. And they have that hot ones. You sent me that. Uh, oh, it was longer than that. I think when you sent. Anyway, yeah, it's very nice to see them back in the in the public eye. Oh yeah, that hot ones episode is really great too. Uh, on their channel, it's just the behind the scenes, which is like five minutes. But you, what you sent me was longer. Oh, yeah. It's and, like 19 and, minutes long. And yeah. the reason why it was so great, if you're such a huge Tenacious D fan, they're like almost like the Blair Witch of comedic acts slash musicians, where you just start to think that's just who they are. They're so good at playing that character, which I'm sure the argument can be made. They're like a they are bat they are playing themselves like like i don't know well the thing with, with magnified um, versions of themselves yes that's what they kind of yeah that's yeah. what most music is like and, most performers that are especially iconic ones are are amplified versions of themselves so anyway. the hot the hot ones was like really them out of care like out of this tenacious d character talking about tenacious d so you get to see them not being the 
you know, because Jack Black just plays like super arrogant, like we're the greatest band in the like it like yeah, well, we are the greatest band in the world. We you know, <laughs> like and so uh yeah, that hot ones is awesome to see. And like Kyle talks a bunch and uh yeah, really good stuff. I'll, yeah, I'll tweet that one out and put it on our videos mentioned on the show on our YouTube channel because I got I think I was on fall break when you sent that and so I didn't have great internet and was trying to have quality time with the bride. But I got like two minutes in and was I was already that too yeah but I was really like caught off guard by yeah that that different vibe where they're a little bit out of character but you could still tell like where the characters stem from yeah I, I was i was instantly charmed by guys that i'm always interested in but it definitely seemed like a different yeah. side so uh we'll tweet that out but yeah and i know they had other albums like they had this uh rise of the phoenix in maybe 2012 they yep. did this thing, like a jazz release that when i looked on spotify seemed to only be one song that was 12 minutes i don't know if that's true or not but they come around every now and again but this seems like a Something special. So and and yeah, and the the song uh, "Fuck Yo Yo Ma" was probably my favorite. Yeah. It was like there's almost like Stan Bush like vocals from from Jack Black in that oh, one. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, it felt like the friendship theme from Long Walk Short Drink, like the on my own alone. You know, the <laughs> put yeah. from Bloodsport <laughs> that Moto put in a lot of episodes. Uh, super fun and it's awesome to see it's all there for free on YouTube. So. Um, Search out Tenacious D. I don't know. Is this the one? Is this the one where we should put our uh, our Mighty Juice rehearsal? I haven't seen it since it happened. Oh man! But uh, yeah, <laughs> toss that on the end. Fuck it, fuck it, dude. Uh, so, so we'll toss that on the end. Uh, and and for our podcast listeners, which I know are the majority, um, these things that I talk about at the end, the Dreaming Out Loud archive outro segment. Sometimes if they're video heavy, I'll just leave them in the video. Like I think. Last episode's Blair Witch Party, I did that. Yeah. Um, uh, this one, though, I guess it is just us like rehearsing in a kitchen. So maybe I'll leave it in the audio portion as well. Yeah. It's, uh, for Palmer's 30th birthday, he and I did a like a Tenacious D set where we were role-playing as Jack and Kyle in in character <laughs> and, but yeah, and put like, together like yeah you had a sketch kind of flow to it yeah like what do you remember about that like about the impulse to the uh execution i uh, i just well it was my 30th birthday party and uh this was after yeah after i came back from hawaii and just tenacious d was so big for us still and just like i don't know it was just like something i wanted to do i wanted to do a set and i wanted something that i knew i could sing and uh i knew a lot of our friends liked tenacious d so i know a lot of the people that were at that party were like what the fuck is this (laughs) and i didn't care uh so <laughs> yeah because we walked out from like the garage onto the patio yeah which was or well actually it was more like one of those patios we have one here in minnesota that's just to call it a patio is a little bit of a exaggeration it is a brick really patio like, like it's a brick was, patio yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so 
Um, but yeah, so we kind of came out of that garage, and I was wearing red sweats. I almost put on those red sweats tonight. I don't know why uh. I didn't. Now I really wish I had. Maybe at the break. <laughs> I know you can't see them, but I feel like they bring an energy. And so I they brought an energy that night as I was uh, saying the role of, of Kyle Gass, KG. So I had a backwards ball cap uh, and, a, and red sweats with like pulled up to my calves, my knees. Um, and then, uh, but do you remember like how the songs were picked with the little, because we had the thing where like you knocked the cake out of my hand at one point so that we could have well, an we, argument. A lot of it was we were just reenacting. If you've seen them in concert, um, they did it. And, and this was just, a, I believe, just a continuation of what their original like stand up routine was. They would have to like act out something to justify the song they were about to sing. Like, uh, so there's, uh, if you remember, like when we, t- when we saw them in concert on their first tour, they pretend to get in a fight and like Kyle's like, I'm out of here. And that's when Jack Black sings like last week, Kyle quit the band. Yeah. So we needed a way to like get that, to do that sketch to like start out Kyle quit the band. And uh, yeah, so it was about the, you like took the birthday cake or took a piece of birthday cake or something like that. Uh, yeah, it was like this weird meta where we were pretending to be Jack Black and Kyle <laughs> Gass, but like we were still ourselves. Yeah. It's uh, a good uh, follow up in some ways to our Halloween break. Yeah. Where was like, when I watch that, I'll tell you, I, uh, <laughs> whew, I, I mean, it, it's, it's fun. I'm, I'm was glad to share it. Moto sent some really nice things. I think his favorite was our even better than the real thing kind of. Yeah. I know you can't even call it karaoke. I mean, thank God it was Halloween, but I, <laughs> I was putting that together late and that was the last bit. And I was just like, I can't put, th- I'm, it was literally an episode where I talked for like an hour about some music that I made that I was putting out that I wanted people to listen to. And I was like, and <laughs> <laughs> the, I was like, I can't let this go without contextualizing it a bit more. <laughs> so I like hop on just like eyes, bloodshot being like, uh. just so you guys know <laughs> this is for fun. <laughs> and we were in uh, character. Cause in that case we were, I was doing like full on Dave Matthews, like characterization anyway. But so what I recall of this was I, I remember it going over really well. And actually, there are photos that don't have super high res, but uh, yeah, can share um, that that are engaging. But and uh, but the kitchen rehearsal from that day, I, I think, is just that very much a rehearsal. So like, you're not gonna get the full throated singing probably, or like literally smacking birthday cake out of my hands. But I remember it being kind of fun, and I made a point to save it. So now we'll save it, yeah, share it with you no. guys in honor of. Uh, the new Tenacious D post-apocalypto album YouTube series extravaganza. <laughs> Seriously, check it out. It's good stuff. Hell yeah. How's Pet Cemetery uh, going? It's been going good. I got, I'm got. i holding my, my copy here. Uh, I was just going to update it. But I, I, know, I don't know if you can see there with the glare. I'm over halfway. Yeah. Uh, actually, bordering on two-thirds. Uh, so in the story, I'm at the point where... Where Judd is uh, sort of intuits that Lewis is going to want to bring his son to the burial ground in the hopes that he'll yeah. come come back from the dead like their cat did. <laughs> um, he's telling an extended story at that point. 
Um, I have to say, so I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed Michael C. Hall as a narrator. I've really enjoyed the stories and the characterization. Some hot sex in there a couple times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I haven't quite gotten to the place where it was, I've understood like, oh, this is why King feels he crossed a line or why he thinks of it as his scary story. Have And I know you're familiar with it and there's the thing in the movie that you're afraid of. Like, is that still to come or am I just a little too expecting too much has the sister has the, has the wife talked about the her sister yet she relayed the the story about yeah and then then that's why you understand her her fear of death which that i mean yeah that was definitely harrowing that's that like- that's the so but in the movie that's a flashback it's not just like her telling the story okay so like yeah. they flash back and actually show the sister and like Oh, it is so fucked up. Like, geez. that's what I mean about the characterization because there is some super supernatural stuff. So people, for people who are never going to read the the story or whatever, Twink, which I know Twink, he's on there, he's Twink. in the chat, and he's like, he's like, he's going to watch Pet Cemetery. Uh, before the goal is before one sixty. Oh, like episode one sixty or before you're a oh, hundred and sixty, or before our episode sixty? Because I was telling him how we. We want to get him. We were hoping no, for I a think, full cast. I, I think 60. he means one, like another hundred episodes. Oh, he'll watch it. Damn it. I'm looking for the the scene. Oh, I can't see the scene. Are you crazy? Or you're just curious about what it is? Yeah, I, I'm just gonna. Oh, uh, oh yeah, there it is. You can see. You can just see this scene. Okay. All right. All right. You can just see this, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm very close to seeing the whole thing, so I yeah. will uh, we'll have this spoiled. So this is the thing that you're you've watched with your eyes closed. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Fuck, can you give it like this the briefest of synopses for these other guys so they have some context yeah. of what we're about to see? Uh, so one of the subplots of Pet Cemetery, it's a book. It's a the whole book deals with death and loss. And one of the sub, one of the characters, the wife in the book, has a very, for an adult, has a very immature viewpoint of death. Doesn't want to talk about it. Doesn't want to approach it. Uh, to the point that she gets in a huge fight with the main character in the book um, about this pet cemetery that's in their backyard, and um, you find out she confesses to her husband uh, at some point in the story, why she's so, uh, why she's so um, shortened in her views on death is that her sister had spinal meningitis, I think is what it is, what it was that she had. And needed to be taken care of around the clock and was kind of, she was jealous of the wife being healthy. And so she was kind of a shit to her, like would mess the bed when she, when the sister was watching her, she would mess the bed on purpose so that she would have to clean it up. Like all these terrible things. And so, um, one night when her parent, and this is the other end of it is like her parents were kind of like aristocrats. So they 
would always leave her to take care of her older sister, Zelda. And one night while her parents are out at some party, Zelda starts calling for Rachel and Rachel just lets her keep calling and to the point that she, she actually needed something and she dies. And that's why she has this fear of death is because she essentially let her sister die. And it's something that she's carried with her. She's never really told anybody about that. What actually happened that, that night that Zelda died. So in the story, it's this huge, they're, they are forced to come to terms with any of their thoughts about death because something tragic happens to them and to the, the family of, of Pet Cemetery. And so they're all forced to kind of like face their views because like the, the main character has a, a very dry and sterile, like it's just a part of life viewpoint because he's a doctor uh, the daughter is kind of like she's young and just under she's like at the cusp of when she would stop believing in Santa Claus and all that stuff. And so she's trying to form like she's trying to come to terms with all of these like high like death. Um, and then the mom has the because of this thing in her past has this very jilted viewpoint on death. And so that all happens in the in 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 the book it's all tor told it's of course a flashback but it's being told as a story in the book in the movie they actually have the power of visuals like to flashback and so you're reliving all of this thing with her sister i've never seen the sister like i don't know it, it just oh yeah so oh wow uh this is going to be twinkie this <laughs> woo I'm interested. Oh, uh, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be outrageous. <laughs> so viewers on YouTube, watch Palmer to see if he's covering his eyes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. All right. Hang on. Let me go. We want to share a screen. All right. So this is this is just the Zelda scenes from Pet Cemetery. Oh, they're they're aggregated, or this is how it plays yeah. out in the movie. Spinal meningitis. She was in the back bedroom, like a. They're just aggregated. Okay. My sister died in in the back bedroom, and that's what she was—a dirty <laughs> secret. I had to I had to feed her sometimes. I hated it. Oh my god! Oh. Wish for her to be dead. It wasn't just so she wouldn't feel any more pain. It was so we wouldn't feel any more pain. It was because check from Star Trek: The Next Generation, right? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. And I think is Zelda dead yet? She. My parents were gone when she died. Oh. She started to she started to convulse and I thought I thought, oh my god, she's choking. Zelda's choking. 
And they'll come home and they'll say, I murdered her by choking. They'll say, you hated her, Rachel. And that was true. And they'll say, you wanted her to be dead. And that was true, too. And then she died. Wait, can we pause? I'm, I'm afraid this is stuff I haven't gotten to yeah. yet. Yeah, no. but that was enough. That to, was that the thing that that upset you. Yeah, like I can't, so, yeah, that's all. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with her back was fucked up, but also just the whole like vibe of that. Yeah. Ugh. And they didn't. Um, they kind of tone it down in the movie, but in the book, it, like she's much more like, yeah, I just let her die. I, if if I remember right, like oh well, yeah, that was that was one of the things that I I thought I don't know I thought was pretty cool like, and then I I it's wonderfully set up to explore these issues you know right where Lewis is the doctor her husband and he's and he's able to comfort her saying that that happens in any kind of terminal or like what is it like long term debilitating illness or any kind of he's basically normalizing her behavior it's like that always hap he says this always happens after so long the person becomes like kind of horrible like yeah. no matter that if they're a saint or whatever after so long of a disease a terminal illness or something like that they're going to start to be awful and it affects the caregivers in this way and i've heard of it you know a hundred times yeah i don't know uh, that was uh i think it's really interesting how because you don't know for the longest time to why they have this big fight him uh, Lewis and Rachel about death and because they've moved into this this place where there there's a road nearby where a lot of pets die because like trucks come barreling across it in like r- rural Maine tough to say um so like death is being discussed because of that and then there's this pet cemetery where people take their pets to be buried Anyway, I, I'm I'm really digging it. It feels like uh, I I've been in Bachman territory for a while, so this has been my first like proper Stephen King book since yeah. Firestarter, and it's his first one to really move in a while beyond the sort of py- you know pyrokinesis, telekinesis, like yeah. a lot of that kind of m- mental. Tele- this is definitely you know, like so. moving into his supernatural, like like yeah yeah, but uh, great human dramas. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Great, all his Capital stuff G, is great, maybe, though, but really, really cool. That that's why it's so great. Is like why I like his stuff so much is because it's always about the people that it's happening to. Like, and I think that's what he has said multiple times in his. He always thinks of what would happen to if this kind of person was in this kind of situation, and then that's how he starts with his stories. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tweaky says he takes it back. He's not watching it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I made a purchase today <laughs> that price range warrants mentioning. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. So, well, this ties into something else that, that really just references an unboxing video. So I, I had that Crow episode, that Crow anniversary, and... Uh, and so I talk on that episode uh, about the music from Trust Obey that the guy that it was like a, col- a sonic collaboration between this guy, John Bergen and James Obar, the author of The Crow, who I fell down a rabbit hole watching interviews of James Obar today on YouTube. Uh, well, I made some um, I made some real strides today in color correction. I've always been 
terrible at color correction, but I'm getting better at it. <laughs> um, so while I'm figuring that out, I'm watching James Obar or listening to James Obar interviews on YouTube. Who he still goes to tons of uh, comic conventions and talks about the Crow mostly and the Crow reboot that's yet to happen. <laughs> but uh, he um he was talking about somehow Stephen King came up and he's like I'm you know I'm friends with Stephen, but I I'm not a fan of his. You know, material as such, and in Detroit, we call it unemployment line books because everybody in the unemployment line is fucking reading Stephen King books. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, but he said he was on a panel with them, and he, he said uh, something about to the effect of, like, having a problem with the amount of space in between the two covers. <laughs> he said, which he's like, you could have heard a pin drop in the room because people were pissed, but Steven, I think he called him Steve or Steve or whatever, who was cracking up. <laughs> so I like the idea that those guys are friendly. <laughs> That's so awesome. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I've been I've fallen down this crow rabbit hole a little bit um, because of uh, trying to put that episode together and sort of an observance of that uh anniversary but like i've been on for years now for like four years i've <laughs> funnily enough four years <laughs> always four years with the crow <laughs> for me i've been trying to rescue or preserve these vhs things and so without getting into it too much it's just goddamn complicated to get a good transfer of something as dark <laughs> as that project in particular yeah uh, black levels are i don't it's just just different i mean it used to i don't know if you remember with like televisions where if you had if, if there was a really bright image it would actually make a noise yeah the white would actually like cause your television to shake and stuff so back in the days of analog um video and s- signals and television that was a real concern to where now Digitally, that that doesn't matter. I mean, you lose the resolution if you overexpose something, but you don't get an audible noise. And um, I found that the biggest hurdle to preserving these um, things, these these SVHS in particular, so they don't play on all fucking machines. It's just been a nightmare, uh, and so much experimentation and like failure, and just like this bizarre, stupid like battle that I'm fighting. Because, Your SVHS uh, experimentation. Oh my God. And a lot of it came comes down to like black level. I mean, there's all these, I don't know. I have so many decks, so many SVHS decks. I had three like pro. Oh, it's not worth getting into in detail because it would take for fucking ever. But I've been absorbed in a lot of that in over the years, like with various projects like trying to preserve this footage because as i said as much as vhs is a dying technology svhs is even harder because it doesn't yeah it's it's triple the resolution which is a huge deal at the time especially when you're going copy of a copy uh it's been it's been frustrating to me and even the uh the crow episode that we did put up um i i clicked on it the other day and i was just like so dismayed to see like the pickle pixelization on the youtube thing i was like fuck i was like i thought this was the magic bullet and and i really think that i had discovered this magic bullet of like how to preserve it in in putting together that episode and i was in that kind of crow space uh, already putting together the episode and it turned out and i mentioned this in the episode but there's a little addendum to it that also leads into this purchase. <laughs> so John Bergen was the main musical force behind this Trust Obey. Here, I got it right. 
show. But just so that you, my friend, can know now, um, like this was a, a limited edition, of like fifteen hundred that was put out right around the time of the movie. It's like a hardback edition of the graphic novel when it was first collected as a graphic novel. Oh, and then okay. it came with this like CD that's like the size of when first CDs first came out. <laughs> oh know, yeah, they were, no, like, I remember. Long, yeah. Yeah, I had a Joy Division CD like that, I remember. And uh, yeah, so Trust, Obey, Fear and Bullets, music to accompany The Crow. And so much of The Crow is like poetry when it's not uh, dialogue and stuff that a lot of that poetry is just set to like heavy metal music by a uh, friend of Obar's. And so all of a sudden, on John, so this guy John Bergen like put out, I guess, an observance of the 25th anniversary for him of this music. He put it up in his band campsite. Now, so just to give you a little extra context, John Bergen now, I mean, he's he does a lot of things. He, he's a guy that does a lot of things. But among them, and probably chief among them now, is graphic designer for Lakeshore Records. He designed, for instance, the Mandy soundtrack. Oh! <laughs> yeah. He puts together these super cool, like, packages. He's, and, he, and he actually, he designed that entire, like, the most popular edition of The Crow to come out as a comic book. Like, he wrote the introduction for it and designed that that edition um that has this cover this fell out of the thing um but so anyway so he yeah um, i know that he was super cool to us that's the one yes yeah, the one you have in a footlocker somewhere hopefully yeah. and, uh, i think somewhere around here yeah i hope so that that would be pretty cool um anyway but he was super cool to us when i reached out trying to get people to give us permission to use their music in our unauthorized home video adaptation <laughs> I heard from almost nobody and ultimately got the cease and desist because of it. But I heard from John Bergen, who was like, yeah, this is awesome. This is cool. Go ahead. <laughs> and ultimately, we rescored the whole thing. It's all in episode 57. But um, the addendum to that is like this year, putting that together, John Bergen dropped this Crow music like in, on his Bandcamp site, but like the 1991 demo that he oh. was taking out to him and James Obar were taking out to c- comic book conventions. So this is 1991, 92. This is like f- long before, well, I mean long. I mean the 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 album the album had just been finished, the the comic book had just been finished, but there was no like Brandon Lee film or any kind of mass acceptance yeah. for this underground comic book. Anyway, so to hear these like rough demo recordings that he's released on his Bandcamp was super cool. That it was all leading up to a vinyl release that came that dropped on Devil's Night of this year, that that I do an oh. unboxing video for. But I just wanted to show you quick. Um, I was able to get one of twenty five test pressing packages. Um, so you can see here, I got number twelve, um, and that one is just a normal kind of twelve inch uh, vinyl. They call it the Devil's Night Special Edition, and it's a kind of best of. <laughs> I, I the guy after my own heart is John Bergen. He, he, so he's released the demos and stuff now, but that's just in retrospect. Like it's basically the album, the CD came out with this graffiti designs thing in 1994, right in April, like or May, right when the movie hit, and then that was all that was available. But in 1998, it became available as a standalone album. At which point in time, he like remixed things. Anyway, there's so many editions of this <laughs> i love it and this is a new one where he kind of compiles one two three four just eight of the best what what he felt like was the best and then they put them out in this limited i'm sure it's sold out by now but if you can go they put out 666 of these and enjoy the ride records on devil's night 
And so this is like the blood oh. version. And then there's, oh, <laughs> this is like the super abbreviated version of my 17 minute unboxing video. Um, here you can see, this is the, so he kind of hovers around some of the same artwork. That's like James Obar artwork, some nice little yeah. notes. Um, there's a drawing, the first crow drawing, which I guess I'll, sh I'll show you. because I don't, I'm directing most of our listeners to uh, <laughs> the unboxing video, but. I want to share with my friend to not make him watch my 17-minute <laughs> opus on the pro. So um, this is like the first drawing of the what the crow from uh, Berlin, 1980. James Obar, like a, a representation thereof. And you can see like the pencil and ink on this, which is really cool. That's anyway, awesome. I do a much more detailed version of all this. And then this is the other of uh, uh, like a, kind of a black swirl. Oh, so anyway, there's you can see on our Long Walk Short Drink YouTube channel a very extended uh, unboxing video of that package, as well as kind of a more detailed history of the project. Um, that was fun to do. I was, you know, rushing all of that this last few weeks, and I put that up, and um, I tag people on Twitter all the time, and nobody really interacts on our Twitter or fucking anything I put up online except for Moto. <laughs> but... Um, the dude John Bergen was like reposted it and and said, "Hey, here's a here's a great like sorted history of this project, etc." And he retweeted the unboxing video. Awesome, so it, was, it was really nice. But anyway, so I was like just kind of dwelling on all this crow business, this vinyl. I dug out my, it's a like a four inch binder I think of that I put together when I made like the JCVD binder, etc. Yeah, the illustrated illustrated script i have this multi-volume crow thing <laughs> but i basically like included the comp the two comic books that i cut up and just it was like it's like this big giant version of the comic book except for the jacko and i turned into a movie and it's like the pages we use and it's got like corn syrup blood on it and so i i read through that i was enjoying that and all these kind of reminiscing and i was like you know I'm just going to watch the movie. Like, after going through all of that, I actually went through all these different Trust Obey things because there was these different... I, and I came up with this ridiculous spreadsheet of, like, there's the... Now I have the 91 demo, the 92 demo because <laughs> of this band camp. The graffiti designs were on three. Um, the 1998 version released. Then I have how... So Moto took this one ballad and created a score out of it that we used to rescore our movie in 2001. And he made a soundtrack version of the album, <laughs> and so did I. So it's like, and then there's like these two EPs he made, and then the Devil's Night edition. Jeez. So I'm like, I was just so curious as like how all this worked out, and I was just indulging myself and and just kind of digging in. Like last weekend, the bride was out of town, and I was like, I'm just gonna dive in and <laughs> figure all this out. And so I did that. I was having a great time, and I at the same time I was like, oh, I'm just gonna watch. I'm just gonna watch like our flick that trust obey version in 2001 that nobody's <laughs> seen and uh so i put it on and i'm running it through like this chain of v vhs's and svhs's and this one deck i have allows in some menu settings like if you boost the black level you you can have a higher black and that's the biggest hurdle to all this beyond just any of the technology working at all and so i'm like i'm watching i'm like 
this looks inc- this looks as good as it could possibly look. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is great. And I'm like, tomorrow I'm going to break out my computer. I'm going to hook up to Premiere Pro and I, I'm going to do this like daisy chain thing to capture this this version. This is the like the cleanest, highest resolution version of this I could ever have from all the experimenting I've been doing. And then I can just be like satisfied to know that it's like not going to decay. <laughs> And so I go to bed. It's like two in the morning or whatever, and then spend the most of the next day with the bride. And then we're about to like go on a walk with the pups. And so I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna set this up just real quick, because now I know the recipe and I'm yeah. gonna let it record." And there's very few times I can just have my computer occupied. I got important things to do as I'm detailing. Right. <laughs> so I can't just tie it up <laughs> like this. <laughs> So, so I get it going. I'm about to get it going. I'm about to, I got to hit like three buttons. One, two, three. I was like, oh my God, all these like four years of ex- experimenting with this dead or dying technology four years. solved, you know, various projects, not just this one, but, but this one is the biggest hurdle because of the black level situation. And all that. anyway, I'm like, I'm kind of in a hurry and I'm putting it like I put the tape in. F- fuck, fucking tape won't go in. I'm like, what's this now? I've encountered this problem with other decks. I've tossed a deck because of this problem, because the fucking tray breaks in SVHS deck. And I was like, no, this and, and so but I also know it's like a delicate thing. Like you just yeah. touch it right, it'll go in. <laughs> That's what she said. But uh and it just wasn't. And it was like fucking it was broken. I was like, God damn it. It was awful, actually. It ended up leading to like a big fight. Oh. And, um, and then, anyway, so then, like, a, pretty much a week goes by. I'm thinking today, I'm on my like afternoon walk. I see a goddamn like bald eagle <laughs> almost <laughs> at arm's length. I'm like having a good, I'm having this like this thought process of like, okay, I have this other deck in reserve. It's got its own problems, but here's like the steps I can take. Maybe put this thing to bed. And I get back to like my desk. I'm doing the color correcting, listening to James Bavar stuff. I'm, and the and in our big fight, the bride's like, you know, there's you can get like, you could buy one that's not broken, <laughs> a deck, you know, a VHS VHS deck. And so that goes through my mind. So I'm like, hmm, what if I got one of like the pro decks, like that I edited on at, at WCTV, like actual, like perfect, not prosumer, but like. The big fucking thing. So yeah. I do a search, and like in two minutes, one of the first ones I see is literally one of the actual models that I I spent so much time. Oh with. shit! And it's got all these like special. Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's a Panasonic AG seven seven fifty professional video cassette recorder SVH editor mm-hmm. with TBC and DNR. <laughs> oh, and it's my. coming in the mail. Oh my god! Ask me how much it is. How much is it? With tax <laughs> or in shipping, two hundred fifty-two dollars and like fifty-eight yeah, cents. Of course it is. <laughs> uh, That's a long story for that payoff, essentially. Oh my gosh! Wait, well, hang hopefully on. a bigger payoff for me. But say say the model again. <laughs> oh, here I'll I'll send you a link to it. Yeah, you might actually I, recognize I, this from being in the control rooms. At that's uh, so awesome. Um, I was so pleased because like some of the things I found, they were <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Thanks, Twinkie. Some of the um, 
some of the models well i just didn't know and like you just don't know yeah that, no that's the exactly problems it. yeah and and i was looking at it and some of it has some particular specs to where what is the one that really got me Oh, the three-line logical comb filter. I've become familiar with comb filters, <laughs> and it's been a nightmare. The internet screwed up at the best time because you said, like, three-tier internet comb, 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 uh, filters. There's just some of these, like, things I've uh. never fucking heard of, and I just took it. Ooh, RS422 RS interface. I wonder if that has to so do wait with a Apple ProRes Wait a second. So you can just hook this up to a TV? Uh yeah, I think I think so, but I'm not probably not going to. I'm going this is how I'm going to get the the transfers that I want. But if you look at like one of these pictures of the back, so this is like pro hookup so like there's no like RCA. Yeah, app. no. And that's actually one of the things I was like, what if the fucking video heads are what if it doesn't really work like some of this other stuff? But the main thing that really occurred to me, um, so like, mem- so it's got S video. That's nice. It's it's S video, but like I have some S video, and so there's some extra stuff that beefs that up. But these channels are they're separate. This is like a four track recorder type channel. Yeah. To where that's one thing I've noticed in trying to preserve these things is um, the ones that I use those channels deliberately, like as like in the cabin documentary, we got the music happening, and then sometimes the interviews will be tucked in. Like nowadays, you take all this for granted because uh, online linear um, digital yeah. video editing and all that. Like you can just like have infinite tracks and fade it all. And but yeah, in this case, like you had two tracks, and so um, you could make you it's kind of it's not it's a bad this is this ridiculous analogy for ourselves but like if you think about something like sergeant peppers they only had so many tracks the beatles to make that album and so but they would make careful use of them by doing different passes to where they could maybe make 32 tracks out of like eight ultimately by being careful about it and overdubbing um but anyway so when you play back these SVHS things on these prosumer decks that are available and that I had, you could get the audio, but it wouldn't be quite the right balance and they wouldn't be truly separate tracks. And they also wouldn't be stereo either. It's one and two. Um, But with this deck, I'll be able to separate those tracks and thus kind of truly preserve and hopefully all of this stuff kind of in a a much more definitive period like are you able to boost way. the black levels in this well if nothing else I, I, I for one i think it's going to be better black levels in general but i could run this monster through that same like combo unit to boost the black levels if i wanted oh, to. oh okay gotcha. which also happens to be a dvd burner but that's nice i mean you can burn a dvd and you can like with dvd burners you the best quality is to keep it to 60 minutes which like in the case of most of like with the my crow adaptation and stuff, sixty minutes was how long it was in the documentary. That's all good, but even like I was noticing ripping that, it's not. I don't know. So I just like was diving into all this and really wanting to just like let's just. I just don't want to think about this anymore. Like I, I don't want to one one more day to like go by and one more thing fucking break and then it doesn't. I can't preserve it. So today I just bit the bullet and bought that bad boy and I feel great about it already. <laughs> That's 
you're going to build WCTV. In your... I mean, maybe, but like I, I'm happy about that. there's a like that deck won't even play back like normal VHS. I mean, like if you had a six hour thing, like I would tape many things on EP mode before I knew better. Yeah. Fucking remember when you made that movie with Crow, the guy called Crow. Oh yeah. Shot the first round of scenes and he shot them in like EP modes, extended play where you can fit more on a tape, but that tape wouldn't play back <laughs> on our editing system, Jeez. which is among the reasons he chose to reshot, the, reshoot those scenes. But anyway, let's play with fake boobs twice. <laughs> yeah. The horror. <laughs> so wow, terrible. that's a bizarrely impassionate speech. But so that happened <laughs> today. That's pretty and, awesome, dude. You know, I mean, I'm really hoping that it that it like does play well and that there aren't like problems with I, the deck. But as passionate else, as like you got, I'm really hoping it does too. <laughs> For things no one will. I mean, people we people are talking to could see them if they wanted, but. Oh my god. But I uh, yeah, there's just been way too much. <laughs> One of the things like with the bride and I were fighting about it, she was just like I understand this. I was like you can't possibly understand, which she took like super great offense to, which I understand now. But really all I meant is like you can't possibly know the amount of like trial and error and failure th- that have gone on over the last 4 years to arrive at this moment where I thought it would all be the best it could possibly be. And then the machine broke. Uh, so anyway, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, this will just fucking like take care of it. <laughs> what are the fucking chances that that machine broke at that time? I mean, I'm hoping in a way that all of that. I mean, some of it honestly was the like color correction breakthrough I had today, because like I, I I clicked back through. Some of the links, you know, every once in a while I'll go to my own, like, website and make sure things work or just be like, oh, it's cool that I have that. <laughs> and the Crow thing is so new, and I'm frustrated a little bit with this certain layout. And every once in a while I want to see how it grabs me. But I click on the, like, the trailer or the the making of that's hidden in the thing. And I'm just like, ah, those colors or whatever it frustrated me. But it's like, I don't know if I can even make that better if I tried. Yeah. And then today, having that breakthrough in color correction, um, I was like, ooh. I bet I could translate this to this other thing I've been obsessed with my whole fucking life. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so the, the timing is kind of good. And in in that, so I guess what I'm saying is that I think, and I believe through getting this deck, that I will be able to get not only that sweet spot that I encountered a few weeks ago, but like I can isolate the sound tracks differently than I ever could have without this deck in particular. Um, so that's kind of fun. <laughs> I say in that crow um, episode, I'm like, I tried so I had to work so hard to not make anything new here because <laughs> I was tempted at various times to like tweak this, that, or the oh, other. Oh no! Like no, I'll not. Man, but I, I mean, part of what started some of that real obsession was when Double D re- was like, I got to see this. Yeah, and I sent it to him. And uh, and then what we're recording, and he sends me like a text message of the cover art that I made, actually, kind of because he asked for it, which I I detailed that in fifty seven, the whole cover art thing. But I was like, fuck, I just knew it's like he's not even gonna be able to see this, like that two thousand five like DVD probably on his computer is gonna be like fifty percent, just like you don't even know what the fuck's going on. Oh, I, like, I can't live with this. 
<laughs> anyway. So now hopefully I won't have to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What a nut job I am. Nah. I mean, yeah. Well, I don't mind as much. I mean, I could, you know, could be better. What did I? What could did I? Be worse. I was thinking before. What is it like? Just accepting that that's just a part of who you are, and you're just looking for ways to deal yeah. with it, right? <laughs> yeah. And apparently, right now, the way to deal with it is to get this archaic you invest <laughs> editing bay. Like, can you even buy SVHS cassettes anymore? Oh, I'm sure not. But I have so many. Like, and that yeah. the, that point being, like, you can't play them back on normal stuff. Yeah. And so I got a couple of decks when they retired them from where where I work now. And one of those is one of the ones that the mechanics just failed on. But, like, the other one has its own problems anyway. But, yeah, a lot of it comes down to the stupid black level thing, then, which somehow is fixed by this. You know, that that was a big thing for a while. These, like, combo decks where, yeah. where you could burn DVDs of, of VHSs. And my father-in-law gave me one of those that they weren't using. And it was kind of revolutionary in my process for a while of, of saving this stuff. But it, it's not an S- SVHS unit, so yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh I'm I'm God. looking at SVHS <laughs> editing equipment online right now on eBay. I mean, it couldn't matter less now. In I can't believe ways, how I can't believe how much on. some of this stuff is. Yeah, I was really like I was, I was I. If I hadn't have found what I found when I found it, I wasn't going to buy it because I, I was looking at thousands of dollars of stuff. And I was just yeah, like, this is like $949 for this one. Yeah. $800. How? How? But there was something about finding the one, like the one I knew. Like, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of models of stuff. And I'm like, that's like the actual one. And I remember even at WCTV, there was this one, like they would have problems because you hear B roll. Like, you know, yeah. of B-roll. Like, when I... So, if there's a dissolve in the crow or some of those things, like, I had to have two tapes. <laughs> like, it had to dissolve to that... And they called them A-deck and B-deck. And so, there would be, like, a generation lost because you had to dub it to the one deck to fly over to, to hit, hit the... Anyway, but, like, so, if one of their decks went down, they had this replacement deck. And I was like, fuck, that, that one looks different doesn't look as good like i don't like it <laughs> yeah so i'm so pleased ultimately to have this one that's the one that i do like <laughs> so, call this t- the title of this episode svhs <laughs> yeah there Damn. are high cost value there are two svhs i'm pretty sure they are the camera well maybe not the svhs video cameras for forty dollars each <laughs> yeah like i would not get that no <laughs> but no. i do have these things that are created on that you know yeah can only play back on those decks that does make a difference you know it is three times the resolution after all so when you're dealing with such res- low resolution to begin with it's uh it's helpful yeah so. Well, I mean, Palmer's Picks was made on those, and Mind of Philip was made on the on the that Mind of Philip definitely was. Yeah, most of Palmer's Picks are are actual just VHS. Oh, but okay. I did I did notice that black level thing was a problem to where the things that I captured before that, I'm like, oh, I could I could better that. <laughs> but then there's weird shit too. Like I ran into because I have these molded tapes, so like I have the 
the edited masters I had kept with me. And sometimes, thank God, made more than one version. Once I'd gotten to the point where I was working with nonlinear systems and could spit out, you know, equal quality versions from the computer. Uh, but, like, things were going wrong with those to where I have, like, one of this one version of The Crow that's, like, the kind of final one. Where I'm like, thank God that still works. Anyway, but uh, I was th- uh, thinking about some of the, uh, so I uh, So I would try to clean some of the molded ones and digitize them. And there was this one of, like, a, an interview with Pumps and, and then me separately that I tried to clean and then play back. And this happened last weekend and um, amidst all this where I tried to play it back to digitize it, but it was, I think what had happened, because when you clean it, you clean it with like alcohol, rubbing alcohol. Yeah. I think that that rubbing alcohol had dried because I cleaned it a while ago without without capturing it. And it was just like s- snow, just like static. Oh. But, and that sucked. And so I took it to another deck that I have that has its own problems, but I was hoping maybe it would play back and it didn't. I was like, fuck. But then when I tried to use that other the the primary one for something else it was still snow and i was like shit <laughs> cuz somehow that that tape had kind of fucked it up yeah and well then, the heads and, and, and probably then I tried like to clean dirty the head and then that i was still getting this fucking error and then at like like 1 in the morning i finally had it sorted out and it, through this like bizarre just like fast forwarding this one tape long enough for everything to clear up and I'm like, oh, cool. And that's when I watched the thing and it looked great. And that's when I was like, okay, tomorrow I've got to. Holy shit. Anyway. Oh. Sorry. So long fucking detour about SVHS and bizarre things. I don't, you never really hear about that. No. <laughs> this is for the people online. <laughs> All my SVHS peeps out there. Um, Let's take a pee break. Yes, and talk about anything else. And then when we come back, <laughs> let's wrap up because we have a hard stop tonight. Yeah. Let's pee, come back, and talk about uh, alien aliens. Yes, sir. I want to hear your reactions to these. Yeah, and then I'd love to hear some like further context of the movies and stuff. Yeah. Because I was unfamiliar. Okay. All right. Awesome. All right. Be right Don't back. Don't fucking go anywhere, you two viewers. Yes, I promise no more SVHS talk. <laughs> we lost one. Somebody, somebody, we lost somebody. Yeah, like, fuck this. Yeah. SVHS. Michael Rene was ill the day the earth stood still. But he told us where to stand. And Flash Gordon was there, silver on Rains was the invisible man. Then something went wrong for Fay Ray and King Kong. They got caught in a celluloid jam. And at a deadly pace, it came from outer space. This is how the message ran.
No problem. I literally just got back myself. I hadn't seen the bride in a minute, so I said hello. Yeah, that's what I did. Ash is upstairs in the bedroom watching YouTube videos. So I said hey to her and got sucked in a little bit to what she was watching. What was she watching? Um the there's this channel called Bon Appetit. Oh, yeah. You were telling me about that last time. Yeah. Those great recipes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's a bunch of different people that do shows under that channel. And one of them is this woman who tries to do like gourmet versions of like kids junk food. So like she made like gourmet gushers where she like actually made them out of like passion fruit and like all these real fruits but they look like gushers they had the texture of gushers and everything yeah and twinkies so right now she's trying to make snowballs like the hostess yeah things you know like with the marshmallow and the coconut so it's claire claire's attractive she's got this like gray stripe of hair and uh she's kind of curvy a little bit Oh. I like I like him curvy. I kinda I like him. Yeah. Like yeah. Born. What is it called? Born? Don't ever call a woman plumpy. <laughs> like, by the way. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Don't ever don't ever I'm be sure like, damn, I like him plumpy. Oh. oh yeah, I see. Yeah. How you doing, Claire? Oh. <laughs> oh man. Okay. <laughs> Wait. Did did you, we did we look at the one, the girl from? Uh, it's funny because you asked about my five list, and the girl that made the the carbonara. I I asked if I could put her on my five because she's just like, <laughs> she's just like this hippie. She looks like a hippie and she swears and like. Do they swear on the channel? Like, oh, they always like beep it out. Oh, okay. Brad Share swears your screen, every now and show then. Show me if you got her up. I think that. Uh, let see me her. see if I hang on. Let me see if I can find her. I can do. Uh, I could do Claire in the meantime, perhaps. Uh, yeah. Share my entire screen. Oh, I could just scare screen too. There we go. Uh, it says I'm screen sharing. Do you see her? Yeah, I see her. The Claire. Yeah. So she's yeah. got she's just got this like gray stripe of hair. But she seems too young to really have the gray, or is she? I guess it doesn't matter. Um, well, I know I'm sure it's a I'm sure it's a a choice to have that. Claire Robinson. Yeah, she's cute. Cute and cooks. Molly. Not say that about myself. Um, let's see here. I don't have five per se, and I I don't really know. Like for a guy yeah. that's as lascivious as I am about movie stars a lot, especially in my youth, it's been less so as an adult. But I do have a thing for Carrie Russell. <laughs> yeah, I think she's very attractive. 
Brad Pitt. Who? <laughs> <laughs> like seriously? But I don't want to. Yeah. Anyway, but if we're just like going on beauty now, the Carrie Russell thing. Yeah. If there was things to be done, <laughs> I'd be up for it. Here's um. Here, let me take. I have it on you. I'm gonna take it off you and put it on me. I'm gonna do my screen share. Entire screen share. This is uh, Molly. I'm trying to look for. I'm trying to find a. No. My God. <laughs> Center. Jeez. From what I can see in the pixelization, I. Oh yeah. Oh, I like her. Yeah. Yeah, she's just she's just pretty. Isn't that so? <laughs> that's so like shit. Like oh yeah, she's in my five people I'm allowed to cheat on my wife with. Uh I don't know if that's. I don't. I feel well. <laughs> that's the literal. That's the literal version of what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is tanky. What? What, do, what are some? Are there any uh, of ashes that you know or could share? Um. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure. Hang on. Let me text you. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. We don't do like a number. We don't have, we don't say like the five. That's not the shorthand. And it's not always up the butt. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, but the bride's is very different. Hers is a lot like I'm so much more superficial. Like I can't deal with it if I, if I really dislike someone's personality. That is a problem for me. But I can just be ob- objective. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Yeah. Hers is so much more based on other stuff. Not even really, not even sex. Like <laughs> yeah. But I mean, ultimately, it's a sexy thing. So like, she'll say Rachel Maddow definitely would be. In yeah, I think Ash is on has Rachel Maddow on hers. Um, Idris Elba, Ooh. like obvious people that you Good hear choice. this a lot about. Yeah, um, I can't. Uh, the, I feel the more than I would like, definitely. <laughs> but those are the only two coming to mind. Hey, babe, <laughs> check your phone. <laughs> I like this. I love that. The last one where she comes in, gave her yeah. thoughts on uh, what was that? It was oh, Blair, Blair Witch. Witch. Yeah. Who's on your Who's on your free five? Free five hashtag free five. Oh geez, that's what she says. <laughs> who's that? No, who's that anchor? That 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 news anchor that you said. Yeah, there's somebody from MSNBC. Rachel Maddow, I know. Boy Rachel? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think Chris is a name Chris something to do with glasses. I call him Boy Rachel. No, the, she, like she always tells me women that she would put on her free five, which may be. I mean. She never tells me out, men. Right? <laughs> yeah. She doesn't have Brad Pitt on her free five. I know that. That's crazy. It makes me so mad. But like, I think it should just be a token. Like, it's just like if anybody has a chance to sleep with Brad Pitt, it's just forgiven. Or just acknowledge the the whole thing. Look, I, I, the last thing, I don't know if this is the last thing I saw him in, but he was in that, uh, the, the big short. Did you see that on the like 2008 oh, yeah. financial yeah. crisis? 
and he's got that like small cameo in that where he's like oh my god yeah he's like very aged he's like got a gray beard and just like I the every oh, scene shit. I'm just like like yeah, pulling just, off yeah, in here I'm like it now. <laughs> geez. But I don't think anybody handsome. could watch if you just show them that scene of Fight Club. It everything is sexy. It it hits everything. All of my which, like which little, scene? It's where like Ed Norton is doing like sit ups. And they're and Mar- Tyler Durden and Marla are just like banging like rock stars. <laughs> you talk when he comes with the gloves. Up yeah, and so like he he finally is gonna like he hears like he hears him going at it and he's coming out of the bathroom and he sees the crack in the door and you just see a sliver like it's so sexy. <laughs> you just see this like sliver of flesh colored sheen. And like noises of sex, and just as he's like about to like stick his eye up to the crack where you would get you because you're looking through his oh, eyes, viewer. Yeah. yeah, as the viewer would get a good shot of <laughs> Brad Pitt and Helena Bottom Carden Carta going at it. Like the door, like they stop instantly, poof, and the door opens, and Brad Pitt is like standing there covered in sex sweat. Elbow length kitchen gloves on, picking his elbow. He like throws his hand over his shoulder. He's like, So uh you want to finish her off? And That's she's right, like yeah. falling off the she she's literally been fucked off the bed. Like she falls off the bed. She's like, Who are you talking to? And he's like, Shut up. And it's just like <laughs> you're like, I gotta go take a dump, guys. Like uh- <laughs> Uh, 1999. So 2019 is 20th anniversary of that. We should do um, I don't know if book club, book club, but like I'm gonna make a point of listening to the book and watching the movie because I haven't, haven't never read the book. Oh yeah, I haven't seen the movie in years. Well, no, no, I have not seen the movie in years. I did it like, no, I haven't. So I'm, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely, aroused. I'm definitely down for that. <laughs> I uh, I mean, if we can, if 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 the audience can handle a, a Brad Pitt sexathon, like <laughs> every every episode, we talk about it because it it just like I think part of it was up to that point he had made like Legends of the Fall and A River Runs Through It. Those were like the two big ones that I remember him making. And he, oh, well, an interview with a vampire. Yeah. Well, then, and then Thelma and Louise was where he sort of made that big splash with the abs and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. And just like, but he was just like this Culturally, sexy, anyway. like, yeah, this like Hollywood fluff, like eye candy, right? And, well, but he also made California right in there. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, okay. I, 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 but I didn't know California both, at the yeah. time. That was the saving grace for like dudes. Like, but so I just remember working at Hollywood video and fight club came out and this girl who I think we had mutual crushes on each other, but we did not have the heart or the braver, like the balls to like say it to the other one. But She's about Bart. Yeah, so she's just. Oh, that was like a missed opportunity. I maybe, maybe I don't know. I could be totally making that up. But didn't you see it with her in a theater? 
yeah so like that's how this all came down was like the the um rolling stone came out with the interview with brad pitt in it and i remember that cover because he's in a dress in the dress yeah and like shaved head kind of yeah with the shaved head. head and because I think he had just made 12 monkeys. Like, oh. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. And so. <laughs> well, no, 1999, that would have been years when did past. 12 monkeys uh, come out, 96? 96, I think, yeah. All right. I remember that cover, though. Yeah. Well, Maybe well it was, was just an interview just le- leading up to the release <laughs> of Fight Club. Oh, well, in the last scenes of Fight Club, he has that shaved head. Oh, I that's forgot, true. I forget about that sometimes. Like he, yeah. But I remember the article talking about how there was this like edgy 27 year old like dodging his way through Mexican foot traffic and <laughs> hip shooting photographs while like furiously chain smoking Campbell cigarettes. Like, I, I think that is almost might be the beginning, like the intro <laughs> to that art to that article. Uh, I need to find that article now to find out that article because I know like all of those points are there. Like the camels. I have the hardback somewhere uh, or not hardback, like hard copy in this room. Is that article? Really? If you could find that, like, cause I'm pretty sure that there's like references to camel cigarettes, him taking photographs of like Mexican, of like the people on the streets from his hip. I, I think I know what bin it's in because those those that was when Rolling Stone was a little bit oversized. So let me grab that. So while you're telling the story, I might be able to illustrate. Hold on just one sec. So I I just remember like she was totally into this article and this movie was coming out. And um it was leading up to it must have been Valentine's Day. It had to have been that's Valentine's a, that's Day. That's what I remember you saying. It's just come up before. <laughs> and like, I'm just, yeah. And I'm just like so bitter. She's like, well, let's just go see it. And we're just going to go see it together. And it'll be on Valentine's Day. And because that was the weekend it came out. And so I went and. Holy shit. There it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Yes. Look at him. Oh, yeah. That'll and, do. and so. uh what is the date on it? It's uh, October 28th, 1999. Oh, man. Okay. I'm a, I'll find the first paragraph, so I'm sure is what you said. <laughs> um, And I remember right before the movie started, just thinking like there's – because the theater was packed. Because it was like arguably two of the biggest actors of the – like young actors of the time, like Brad Pitt and Ed Norton in this movie together. Oh yeah, Brad Pitt could still open a movie like a motherfucker. I don't, I don't know that any actor can open a movie now, really. Yeah, <laughs> like then, that, but that was like movies were built on. And so, I remember looking through the theater, and there was all these couples there, and me and Bart. And I remember thinking, like, all these poor women were drugged here by these boys, basically. And I got drugged here by the girl. Like I'm a boy who got drunk here <laughs> nice. by the girl. Yeah, right. Because you were like, "This is well." You I was totally expecting, like, I was expecting, like, JCVD badness. No, <laughs> more just like romantic eye candy. Because it's like Ed Norton and Brad Pitt. You know, like I was expecting there to be some level of like, I don't know what a good comparison it would be. I was not expecting Fight Club. 
Like, let's just say that. How could you? I mean, yeah. That's such a unexpected experience. Yeah. Uh, 66. Oh, my God. I can't like, believe you could just. Picture. <laughs> I haven't seen this probably since it came out. Oh. <laughs> like, that's among the pictures like this. Look at that chipped tooth. I mean, that's a thing. Like, he's. All right. <laughs> He's like I don't need seconds. to sell people on Brad Pitt. Uh, <laughs> this is called. It says uh, the unbearable Bradness of being. <laughs> it's like these pictures of him in the oh the, in the dress <laughs> with fly glasses on. Yeah, with like Bono fly glasses. I just expect. So I'll just read the first like couple of sentences. I'm, I'm sure it's not exactly what you're thinking, but it'll no. jog your memory. Uh, Portugal. Brad Pitt swishes down the Libson streets, one more American on vacation. In his hand, he carries a camera, which he shoots from waist height. <laughs> Quote, I learned a few tricks from the per, from the para-assholes. I think he means, he pronounces the para-nazis. They all look alike to me. Horns and, pony, and ponytail and big cyclops eye. He snaps a ragged down and out Portuguese man on a bench and pushes through a flock of pigeons a little disappointed that the birds with their seen it all urban ways are too underwhelmed to scatter in front of the lens <laughs> instead they nonchalantly hop out of his path and he swishes onward fuck dude that was pretty close <laughs> I, I mean like I mean basically all I got was the hip shooting by like shooting from the hip with the photographs. I don't think I, I could tell you that about anything I've ever read. I, I like, <laughs> but I'm amazing. pretty sure somewhere in there it talks about like how he chain smokes camel cigarettes and like just yeah. And I said Mexico instead of Portugal. Oh, but for twenty But I got like, the tone. I got the tone. I'll like I'll say I You I, really I, did. <laughs> I'm astounded, actually. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. Well done. Yeah. So, did you ever get the, the top five from your lady? No. Or did she just beg off? She's like, I'm not engaging this. No, she's not going to play that. She's like, I have, huh. to think about, I have to think of that, babe. I don't know. We save people all the time. If I have the opportunity, I'm having sex with this person. I'll tell you, one person I'd like to add to that list is the... Uh, is on haunting of hill house oh yeah um yeah you got it so here's here's a little I so watch that show that you definitely need to watch that show both because of the show itself but also because it's directed by the dude who did gerald's game which i, I oh, think yeah. you've seen uh and he's yeah. the one directing uh dr sleep so he's got oh, a deep yeah. love of stephen king and, and it's just a masterfully done like show so much in the spirit of king um Huh. But the and he's married to this actress that plays one of the main characters who looks very much like a young Angelina Jolie, who I would if we're gonna have lists, I'm gonna toss on it. Oh, <laughs> Angelina Jolie, with this actor actress, I guess in particular, I'm too scared of a real Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I gotta yeah. put her on my list. <laughs> yeah, she's terrifying. She's too much for me. Um, all right, so let's let's talk aliens a little bit. I did not get yeah. a chance to watch Alien or Aliens, so we're dealing with. Oh, that's all right. My... I've only ever seen them once. <laughs> yeah, and you're you've got a lifetime of familiarity. So, but I'm I'm more interested on in just like what your initial impressions of them were. Did you like them? Uh, yeah, of course. So I I went to see them because um, 
recently in the Twin Cities, we got an Alamo Draft House. Um, how familiar are you with that? I'm not entity. So please explain that first. Um, so I just I just did a little quick uh, search, a Google search, and it says the Alamo Draft House Cinema is an American cinema chain founded in 1997, Austin, Texas, that is famous for its strict policy of requiring its audiences to maintain proper cinema going etiquette. It has screens in 35 locations. Um, eh, that's part of it. Uh, but they also really specialize in that kind of movie-going experience where you almost have like a table in front of you. It's super comfortable. There's a full fucking menu. Um, right. They bring stuff to you throughout. You know, it's called a draft house, so that's all kinds of like beers and stuff. Um, but like that Nicolas Cage thing that we watched a few episodes ago where he's the Q and a with him and, sure. the, and yeah. the director, like that was at the Alamo draft house. So like, especially in, in Austin where it's founded, like they'll have the, you know, the filmmakers and stuff there to like do Q and A's and they do all the specialty programming. Um, so that's what it's really known for. Um, and yeah, we got one here in the twin cities. And so, I went there recently for the first time to see, uh, they showed all the Universal Monster, not all, but most of the Universal Monster movies, which is fucking right up my alley. Um, and I saw the Frankenstein, the Bride of Frankenstein double feature. It was magic. I had such a great time and got on the mailing list. And they, But it's not like most movies where you can go and catch whatever showing is convenient for you. Like there's one showing right. for, for whatever. Um, and I have to admit that I have, because I've I've done both. Like I've seen thirty-five millimeter print or like theatrical run type prints of movies that are not, you know, not nearly first run, but like whatever. It's like seeing Frankenstein in the Highland Theater. Right. It wasn't like a VHS they projected. Like it was a probably a f- print from the fifties or something. So I've experienced both. And Princess Bride like that. And I, Which I didn't catch the first one that cut the out. Goonies. The, the, oh, yeah. The, the Victoria Theater here in Dayton. Every summer they do a summer film fest, but they do it where like they only show film prints, and like beforehand there's a cartoon reel that plays, and like oh. a guy that does like an organ sing along even before the cartoons play, like then the organ comes up out of the floor of the theater, and he like wow. along and like the music plays up on the screen. So you can like sing along with him and then he goes back down into the floor and then like a cartoon reel plays and it's all like there's a news reel that plays and Superman cartoons. Oh, like the Max Fleischer ones? Like, yeah, those, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I love those. And then uh, and then it goes into the movie and it's always a film print. Oh, that's wicked. Yeah, that's. So that's a lo- what, just a local chain there or not even a chain, but like a specific it, it, place. It's the Victoria Theater. It's the Victoria. An actual, like an actual like stage theater. Oh, and they do wow! Film fest in the summer to kind of like they they make a ton of money off of it. I'm sure but that's like, great because you can buy a book for all the weekends, like because they'll show one movie for the weekend, and usually there's like a kids one and then there's a a grown up one. I, if I if I'm thinking of that right. I, but every year I look at the lineup and I'm like, there's always like three or four where I'm like, oh, I got to go see that because I know they get film prints of them. Yeah. Ha, which ones have you have you been able to go yet? Or oh yeah, or Goonies and Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's great. Um, I 
so I don't know. I've been to some. I don't know if it's at the Cedarly or wherever in Cleveland, where I was just like, I, I I don't know. I was soured on the idea of going to a movie theater to see basically a projected Blu-ray or DVD. Like I was just like, ah, eh. yeah. I don't know, uh, but but I I love the idea. I, anything that can get people out to theaters, and especially I, I know I've said it on the show, but in case people haven't heard it or whatever, ever since you worked at that theater in Shaker Square, and we the bride and I learned that essentially theaters make their money from concessions. Like the bride and I are all about making a, an event of it and paying for that stuff. And you know, I want we love going to the movies, and I want always to be able to go to like the movies as a thing. Right. Um so anyway, but um so they would have these all these screenings advertised for this Alamo Draft House, this new thing, and a lot of times they were inconvenient for me or whatever, but they'd be cool looking things. And it came up the alien double feature, Alien and Aliens. And oh. I was like, I and that's come up on I think it probably came up on the pumps episode, Cabin's Kid Cabin Kid Pumps episode somehow, where I found out that it was something you really liked, something he really liked. And just one of those things I hadn't made time for. He, didn't he say he almost, like, if they were going to have a girl, they were going to name it Ripley? Ripley, and, yeah. And Ripley. Like Ash and I have talked about that if we ever had a girl, we wouldn't, Ripley would be a contender for the name. And yeah. it's my favorite series of films. Exactly. Though, uh, that And that is huge in a show where we talk about Star Wars all the time or yeah. whatever. The fact that Alien is your favorite series of films. Yeah. Is is beyond intriguing to me, especially having not seen them. I've seen three and four, which I don't remember. Um, so I uh, I saw it come up, and it was basically on this day where the bride. It just worked out to where I could I could go. Um, and I guess if we had recorded the Logan episode that we were hoping to <laughs> that day, I Next wouldn't time. have been able to go. Sixty one would be sixty one. Yeah. We'll finally do Logan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Kevin Kid Logan, sixty one. Look for it. But uh, so I, so I, I went. I went up. I even brought like my. I was. I had all this time to kill because I had this double feature that started in the, in the early afternoon and I had to pick the bride up at the airport later. So I had my trust obey loaded up on my phone. I had my fucking huge crow binder <laughs> that I could read in the car. <laughs> and winter had fallen all of a sudden, and, and like it was snowing, and it was kind of great. Uh, it was just like living the bachelor art life. <laughs> Anyway, I got to go up. I was excited. And uh, I had this great, ex- it's like somehow super convenient once you get off the highway. Uh, and I just knew nothing of these movies other than like stills I'd seen in, in magazines or books. Um, and a vague cultural knowledge. I mean, my biggest knowledge of like what I knew to come from probably the first Alien was the scene in in Spaceballs, yeah, where John Hurt, where like at a diner and John, and the and the alien pops out. Of I knew it was the actual actor, like John Hurt, like hello, my baby, hello, my yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and coincidentally, I had just watched John Hurt as the Elephant Man going through my David Lynch um book and filmography, and that's still like fucking haunting me. <laughs> Uh, I love that movie, The Elephant Man. Yeah, really. Yeah, no, I really like that one a lot. Oh wow, we've never talked about that. It, I saw it once, and it's literally the thing that horrifies me and disgusts me to my core the most. Like that kind of human body horror. Yeah, but I I remember it being. I remember like it not being as bad as I thought in terms of that stuff, <laughs> but I'd only ever seen it once. And then when I read that David Lynch biography that I'll 
talk about probably my in our best of show. I started to go back through and and I got to Elephant Man, so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna watch it. I had I had bought it on DVD, and uh, it's still like like caught with you know like some of that like, uh, <laughs> and they focus a lot on the makeup and stuff and this in the in the making of and then they like show the actual Elephant Man skeleton. It's all just that stuff is so troublesome to me. But of course, as a story about like this human being and the way that he was ultimately accept that as a human being is is yeah it's like both devastating and uplifting in the most amazing way that's so cool that that that's a that's a movie that you like too i i i can't even see two like for me it's more of a curiosity it's not like a yeah um anyway but i was thinking about that's he john was hurt under all that makeup yeah yeah oh, and man. when when and having seen him so recently in that even under that, like he has these, so this sounds weird to say black eyes, but like, cause that's generally a, you know, like we'll talk about my, my feral niece, <laughs> like going black in the eyes before she's like, I'm yeah. going to break your fingers. Um, nipple but boy. John Hurt, ha- yeah, <laughs> nipple boy. Uh, there is a moment like she'll see, like you can see it. Like should we call it? Oh fuck. She went black in the eyes. <laughs> but John Hurt has these kind of dark. I think they might be really dark Brown or even black eyes. But they're like that's the whole thing with the Alpha Man, like this incredible soul beneath this unfortunate exterior. Um, so anyway, I did recognize him in this in this role in Alien. So anyway, um, I went there with, I, I mean, I guess expectations in in the sense that these are real cultural touchstones like yep. alien and aliens and i'd always heard that alien is a the first one was a horror kind of a horror movie yep and aliens a sequel directed by so the first one directed by ridley scott the second one directed by jim cameron james cameron <laughs> uh is a action movie so i yeah. knew that kind of going in um and so i had this really like really great experience going there and i uh you know i haven't gone to my annual uh doctor's thing yet but this has been quite a transformative year for me health-wise to where i anticipate for the first time like ever being like oh wow you dropped a bunch of weight and all this and uh because i have been much more conscious about those kind of things but at the same time i was like i was being quote-unquote good all week i was like i'm gonna go to the alamo draft house i'm gonna get a beer and like a burger and a and I did, and then I got for a second for the movie. I got a fucking milkshake. It was magic. Fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even finish the milkshake. It was like a triple chocolate thing. I was just like, okay, this is gonna be a problem for my digestive system. But so that it was really fun. Like just the experience. I I knew I was gonna. Well, I wanted to go. Um, I when the when the Logan episode sort of fell through, I was like, okay, I will go. But I didn't buy tickets. Um. And then a couple of days beforehand, I was like, well, I should check. And there was two seats left in the whole house. I was like, shit. shit. So I grabbed this one on the end and was happy to have, have uh, secured that. And then I showed up and I'm sitting next to a dude that, you know, I'm sure would fit in fine with the show. <laughs> like he had yep. a bald head and a beard. Yep. And I sat down next to him. He was by himself. And you have these like tables in front of you to, and then like a light underneath so you can look at the menu. I mean, in a way, it was like... It was very much like the uh, where we went to see Last Jedi with yeah. the cast, a uh, long walk, short drink, except for instead of being one long connected bar, 
it's separated into like seats but they're they're very close together still you have your own space kind of and there's the recliner and all that um and then you know you can just write something on a card and stick it in the thing and people will rush in and get it and go grab you but you're that's awesome. It's a little weird. Like I, I ordered food. I was excited to get this burger, <laughs> um, and I'm eating it like <laughs> during the first movie. And the guy next to me is just like drinking soda. I'm like, uh. <laughs> but during the <laughs> second movie, <laughs> he orders his food, and yeah. I felt so much better. <laughs> but you can just do that anytime. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay, so we'll talk about the movies themselves. Uh, so yeah, so Alien was in 1979. 1979. Um, I, again, like all I knew was that thing, the the John Hurt spaceball scene <laughs> where it comes out of yep. his stomach. I knew that was coming at some point. And then I had, like I said, I had this thing about like, why go to see something in a movie theater that is just going to be a projected digital representation? Um, but that was completely dispelled. And I think both in part, I don't know if it's just because Blu-rays are so great or whatever, or if it's how they package it, but it didn't feel different than yeah like a 35 like the the grain was beautiful the colors it's because were we're used to we are getting used to digital projection at this point i mean there is not it it is yeah, rare sure. for there to be a film print anymore that you see like it's it's novelty yeah well and so often you go to the movies or i do and and i get so frustrated as like they're fucking skimping on the goddamn bulbs, like in the brightness to save money, and I can't see shit, I can't hear shit. Yeah. Like it's it's a real crapshoot sometimes, and you get I get mad about that. Yeah. But this was beautiful. Like it looked amazing. Awesome. It was you know bright and loud. Well, it and, sounds like uh, this theater chain is you're going to get a little bit better presentation. They're gonna they're gonna lower the 3D wheel if it's a, just <laughs> yeah. a 2D film. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. Well, and they uh they put it together like a little program too. And that that was something I learned from going there to the for the Bride of Frankenstein um or the Frankenstein Bride of Frankenstein double feature was that I learned there's an etiquette to the going to that theater where you're supposed to show up like a half hour early and order from the menu and got it. And you can go <laughs> right to your seat with uh your ticket and all that. So I there was it, like they give you this postcard you can pick up it's like how to alamo <laughs> and there's an app and stuff you can use and so i was was a little hip to that so it was great so anyway but it started and and it looked like amazing and it sounded amazing and well it helps too that it's a ridley scott film so yeah which honestly means more to me now having seen this than it ever had before um i really liked the first one like i especially liked the first one yeah i had this limited expectation of like what it was specifically going to be like. And I loved how much like it opens up and you see the people all waking up in their sleep pods. There's so much time taken to set a mood and, and establish the setting. And I loved how I knew Ripley was a key character but I loved how underplayed that was at yep. first. And then I just sort of fell into it and I knew it would come back around to her, but I loved how sort of thinking about it, like reverse engineering, like imagining what it would have been like to not know Ridley was going to be such, going to be the only one to come out of it alive. Essentially. They didn't telegraph that at all, that she would even be that important. 
I just I loved how that story unfolded and how the characters were. I um, they're blue so collar workers that like that's yeah like they were pissed about not getting their share Harry yeah. Dean Stanton and the other dude and I just bought it like for for all the science fictionness of it I was never it had almost all the realism of uh 2001 to where I was yep. never distracted by the effects. And I was always engrossed by the story, but in unexpected ways. Like, there would be scenes playing out. So there was this other thing, too, where I had a vague knowledge of who was in movies. And I realized a few minutes in that I thought Ian Holm was Fuck. game over. Uh, Bill Paxton. Yeah. Because they had, like, the same buzz haircut. But I was like, oh, that's not coming to the second one. And, yep. like, the second one's going to have fucking Michael Bean and all this. And I was like, wow, I have so much in store for me. Oh, man, I just... But, so, I, I did enjoy the second. And I, and I could talk about that more. But I, I was so shocked at how much I appreciated... Or, or how surprised I was by how cool the first one was. It, they would play out these long scenes of uh, like with Ian Holm and Ripley. There's this one scene where like it's just holding on shots of the person, whether they're talking or not, in really unexpected ways for a major motion picture. That's when she confronts. Are you talking about the scene yes. when she finally yeah. confronts him and she's just like, "I yeah. know what you've been doing," like because she's yeah. finally like, because once Tom Skerritt dies, she becomes. Also, I was so happy to see Tom Skerritt, and then to yeah. find that he was like one of the main characters. Or yeah. Fucking, what is he, Viper from <laughs> Top Gun? Yeah. I'm oh, in. <laughs> and he, so once he dies, she beca- she's able to take, con- she becomes the captain, essentially, because she's second in command. Yes. So then yeah. she's able to go and get the orders from Mother, who is the, like, the AI that's running the 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 mission that they're on, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's when you find out that Ian Holm is a cyborg essentially yes yeah uh who tries to take her like you find out that the company that they work for which if you know the universe is wayland slash wayland yutani uh that the or mother gave the cyborg orders that superseded rank where like if they're if the mission was threatened the cyborg was allowed to kill the people like to ensure that this alien life makes it back to earth so they can militarize it basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that scene is super intense and he like, well, and I mean, it's Ridley Scott, so he's not, there's not exposition. You're just thrown into the world. Right. And I love that. They're so blue collar, like you were talking about how you weren't distracted by the special effects, which are phenomenal. Like the special effects are amazing. And then they're in this giant, when they go down and they find the the second one, I would argue like the first one, they're, they're better. They're they're less noticeable. Yeah. Well, in the second one, he uses a lot of, he does a lot of miniature work. And model a lot of work. blue. They get yeah. that whole Jim Cameron blue thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Before the blue cats, it's just a lot of blue hues. To his, yeah. Like, so, but in the first one, like the special effects are amazing, but you're not distracted by them because they're not there to, they're not there to wow you. They're there 
I, I heard him in an interview talk about how like aliens was supposed to be about like space truckers. And it's like, whenever I heard that, like that, just like that made so much sense. They're so blue collar. And yeah. so like the yeah. technology is like, it's this amazing technology that's able to pick up this distress signal while it's traveling through space, while it's whole cruise in hype is in like cryogenic sleep. And like, everything's like greasy like everything has like smudges yes. and fingerprints on it, you know, where it's like these are blue collar people that are like it looks like the computer that's in your mechanic shop that he looks up parts on. Right. Like, yeah. you know, it, like, uh, I don't know. I, I just love that attention to detail and how that ship, the Nostromo, it it is a it is another character and like it's so atmospheric at times that whole last segment when like the she has triggered the meltdown because she's got the plan and uh the warning is going off the, it dominates the soundtrack like there's not music there's not and she's like come on and like she's trying to like get the things to go back down and like fuck is it so awesome love it yeah i want to hear a little bit more about your history with it i want to share quickly i when you said space truckers that rung a bell i'm like that's a movie there is a movie yeah with dennis hopper with dennis hopper in 1996 yeah um but so i uh i yeah i really liked it the, the problem is I, and I was kind of like, because I was thinking I had this time during the day, maybe I could go to this one sort of media record store that I've been to only once in the Twin Cities that I really love, that I like to go back to. Yeah. They told me about this magnificent box set with the documentaries. And um, for a while, I was just kind of thinking, it's like, you know, I don't It's a new thing to me. I don't necessarily need to go that crazy. And like, it's like, I don't even know if I like it yet. And, and honestly, so much of it, it's so fucking gross to me. Like I yeah. don't like the grossness. But talking about it now does make me want to go to get that box. <laughs> <laughs> I fell into it. I really liked it. Yeah. Um, uh, and and then maybe I can contrast a little bit. Not that I didn't like the second one, but I didn't like it as much. But I'd be curious to know. I just want to know a little bit more about this idea that it's like your favorite series, how you came to it, how it came to be your favorite series. Well, I... I came to it initially through the second one because this, I feel like the second one just got so much more traction in the eighties just because it was, it what came from the like action aspect versus the, and when you look at it from an action movie versus a horror movie, aliens is like a really good eighties action movie, right? Like as a standalone thing, like, it's got all of the right beats, big guns, big big explosions, aliens. Like, I love the like, um, the the Mexican woman that's in the platoon. Oh yeah, the like, one doing uh, the the, the pull ups like front and back. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and Paul Reiser and just like yeah. Generally, I love Paul Reiser, but. Pissed oh, no. me off in this, which I guess, oh, no. he, which he's, obviously he's supposed he, to. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Hey, again, make, makes you hate the company, right? Like, hate, yeah, make, you know, no company. Yeah, and uh, so I can. So uh, initially, I saw the second one, 
right? That got it just got a lot of play. HBO had it, which meant I got to watch it. Yeah. It just yeah. got a lot of traction. And it wasn't until we moved up in the house on Sunset that I had set I Where said, was your first house? The Sunset one I know. Oh, but- we lived in the villas before, like the apartments down the oh, like the, the the like kind of near where the Hardys ended up. No, 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 no. Um, closer on, to Mayway like, Market. He kind of. I don't know. Like, um, if you you know where the car wash is on Main Street down by IGA. Yes. So if you turn that oh. street that the car wash is on, that's I forget what road that is, but like the first street on the right there oh. is Fairlawn, oh. and then there's like t- all the. Oh. There's yes. like the government. Yes. It's like it's 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 income based housing is what it is. Uh, I think we, uh, Moto and I went to a, like a babysitter around there. That that makes sense. Okay, that helps. Yeah. Um, so we lived in that apartment for like seven years, and so when we moved up to the house on Sunset, I remember just uh, like my mom and I used to watch movies. All that's like we bonded a lot over movies, and and she loved scary movies, right? And so. I saw a ton of scary movies and romantic comedies. Like that's the, like those we're, were her jams. <laughs> yeah, like and so um like beaches, gosh, I could tell you all about beaches. Oh, see, I was still haven't seen beaches. I got oh, my man. own romantic comedies. That's not a mother That's thing. not really it's a romantic comedy. <laughs> no, my mom yeah. my mom watched a lot of two uh, there and there was a lot of movies in the 70s. I think I talked about this too once or in a couple episodes ago. She watched a lot of like single mom. There was a lot of single mom movies that came out in the eighties and she watched a ton of like any, anything that had a single mom in it. She was just like all over it. Uh, so um, we were in that house on sunset and I remember it came up that I had not seen the original alien and she's like, Oh, we should definitely see that. So she like sent me down to rent to one of the eight video stores in Ritman to rent Do you alien. Remember which one it, it might have been? Or uh, rental it? time down by IGA. Sure. It was just, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, went down there and <laughs> you I, said that almost like I'd be be offended that you didn't go to home. Oh no <laughs> no no! I, I did. I barely rented from hometown video. I mean, that's for the best. That guy was an asshole. Yeah, and it wasn't because of you. It was because of that fucking guy. Is no, too. that guy was yeah. a dick. <laughs> um, and and Pioneer was at the wrong end of town. Compared oh, to where yeah. we were and pioneer, fuck yeah. So I go down, I get Alien, and I remember it's just like this random Saturday afternoon, uh, just watching Alien and just <coughs> absolutely loving it. Um, actually, I think that's when I saw the documentary that ended up being on this alien quadrilogy where they like went through and and talked about each one of the films and it came up about the original alien and i had not seen it and that's how we watched it and and since and the fourth one hadn't come out yet maybe the third one was out and i had seen that that by that point in time hbo had picked that one up and i liked that one and then really like the first one a lot. And it, 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 but when all is said and done, what I always come back to is that 
I look at them as four different genres that are all about the same thing. Hmm. So you have the horror movie, you have the action movie, you have the like independent art movie, which is the third hmm. one. And then you have the like, just, I know they're all about aliens in space, but the fourth one is just like a purely science fiction movie. It's uh, about cloning and, all, oh, like yeah. it's it's like super science fictiony um so yeah. i just see them like the first one i really like i don't see it as a science fiction movie that movie could take like that could be a monster movie that takes place in like you know an abandoned factory just yeah. just as easily you know what i mean like uh so um i just over time i just really came to really appreciate the whole series as a whole and to appreciate Sigourney Weaver and how she handles that character and how she was able to keep finding motivation to be that character after all these ludicrous. I mean, the, the behind the scenes for the third one is almost that the documentary on the making of the third one that's in that quadrilogy is almost as enticing as the movie itself. Yeah. Cause it's I'm just serious. like that. that the, <laughs> that's so up my alley. I, 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 I'm going to get it. <laughs> there's just like so much drama and just cause like that was David Fincher's first movie. For, yeah. First theatrical film. And they brought him on thinking that they would be able to muscle him in to do it like the studio, hoping that he would just be a pushover. And they had already spent all their money on sets and they didn't have a script. And so like there's stories of him like writing the pages they were going to shoot, like showing up to set. And he had just finished writing the pages they were going to shoot that day. And just like always getting pushback from the studio with what he like them wanting to do things and him saying, no, that doesn't fit. And just I mean, just horrendous stuff. Uh two coincidences one is that uh just we were talking about the impact of magazines and stuff i i had got an entertainment weekly subscription early like in the f 1991 i think yeah so i remember so clearly that that cover story with sigourney weaver because it was like she was back you know it's like yeah it was in 1992 right uh that sounds 90, right maybe 93 uh, are we talking alien 93 sure 93 that's uh yeah oh 92 you're right 92. Why do I know this? I wish I knew other things, but this is what I recall. Uh, anyway, but... And so Alien I remember Resurrection that. was 97. Uh, yeah, which I... Yeah, by that point, I was watching all Winona Ryder movies, so I saw that one. Yeah. But so, you, yeah. Um, but so there was the Entertainment Weekly Connection, but the first, first uh, theatrical film of this kind of iconic auteur, we were talking about The Elephant Man earlier, was David Lynch's first Hollywood film. Um, fraught with some peril, but yeah. Not nearly as much as Alien Three. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna have to get that fucking uh, at least at least rent it somehow in this box set because I got to see these documentaries. Yeah, I thought I wouldn't care because of the, all like the gross stuff. Like I don't care how they did this gross stuff, but I'm ultimately interested in the whole there's thing. There's all this, um, and there's two versions for each film. There's like what? Yeah, <laughs> there's like the original theatrical version of each one, and then there's like a director's cut. But for that one, there's not a director's cut. They, for which one? For Alien Three, because they couldn't get oh, Fincher really? to come back. Because he like tried to Alan Smithy that film. Oh shit! 
It's also funny because literally came in the mail today. My next after after Elephant Man is Dune for David Lynch. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, you did try Colin Smithy that too. He tried sort of yeah, and I never saw that and. Uh, it's just kind of funny, but so he wouldn't do a director's cut of it. He was just like, "Fuck you guys!" All these years later, kind of like came back together and just put they put unfinished scenes in, like that the visual effects weren't done yet to try to just so that they could say there was two versions of that film even. Oh, like to match it with the script or something? No, well, yeah. I I mean they were they were scenes that he just ran out of money. He couldn't finish them. Oh, I guess what I'm asking though was he involved? In the no. DVD thing, no, 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 no. Hmm. But I think like their whole thing was they wanted to be able to market that box set and say there were two versions for every film because they could get the directors to come back and contribute something to all the other ones, right? Yeah, and yeah. they couldn't for three, so they just cobbled this thing to get like I mean, cobbled is probably too strong a word. If you're, I mean, if you really are interested in it. It's nice to see the other stuff, like what he had intended to do. I just love that third one. I, I, huh, I can't. That's awesome. I don't know what it is that get like it just has a look to it. And, I remember that look very clearly. Like it, yeah. to me, uh, later because of the Crow City of Angels, <laughs> I know about this, but it's like sodium lighting. It's this like, kind of jaundiced yellow. Yeah, and and vibe that of like street lights, like. To the crow, to the matrix, to um I feel like City of Lost Children. Oh it's yeah, I never saw that. Been, I know of it, of course. Those like it kind of just like preceded all of those where it had that in that Trent Reznor industrial metal look to it, like black yeah. and beiges and muds. Yeah, all but like together. somehow kind of sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, which speaking of, like I'd always heard that about Ripley, and in the first one at the end, she sort of stripped down to get in this spacesuit, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't. Know. And in the second one, I don't know if it's because I was in a theater and it was so crisp and huge, there was definite, like, twice that so often they get these people in their underwear. Just like pubic hair poking out of the sides of the of the bikini underwear, Ooh. like to the point where I was like, "That's aggressive." Is that on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yes. Because in the first one, it didn't really peak. Like as though she was like, "I gotta take care of this," <laughs> so that it's you not know, showing. But the second one, she's like, "Hey, man, if there, if you see it on that screen, it's because he wanted you to see it. So he wanted you to see that pubic hair." Which one, James Cameron did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you must have, but it was bold and it's in your face. And I was like, all right. Um, so it sounds like, so it sounds like you did not have as favorable of an impression with the second one as the first one. Yeah. yeah I, I think it's more, it speaks more to how, how highly I regard the first one. Like there was, I, I, I love the mood set was amazing. The characters were so believable to me at all times. And I loved how it was just set up, not in this cliched way of you knew who to follow and knew what was going to happen and knew to care yeah. about this person because they were the hero. I I fucking love. I loved that. So awesome in that, like she. Which one? Um, the, she's the other female that's on the crew. Yeah, I can't think of her name. Yeah, she. Everyone in that movie was amazing. Let me see here. I was just on it. Shit. Uh, what her character's name is? You mean? 
Oh yeah, and I had trouble remembering people's character names. Um uh, but I I was um I was really taken aback and surprised by how much I liked that, that first movie. Name. But like she's the one like the 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 story goes that Ridley Scott did not tell anybody what exactly was going to happen in the chestburster scene. So Oh, really? kind of had um John Hurt set up on the table. And then brought everybody in. And so her reaction is like she gets like the face full of blood and yeah. And like oh, shit. all that's all that is like authentic reaction. Um that movie, like I, I feel that doesn't surprise me, but is awesome because that movie feels like nobody knows what's happening or what's going to befall them. Like it, as yeah. an audience member, you don't know, even knowing kind of what you should expect. It was pretty cool. Whereas the second one, I felt, I found the second one like that I was, well, okay. One more thing I want to say about the first one was in that long scene, before you find out Ian Holm is a cyborg, they're having this discussion. He's like talking about how he he respects the organism's drive to survive. Something like that. Yeah. And I I knew in that moment, knowing where it was going to go, that that was an important idea. And 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 as it did sort of progress, and and Ripley was the only one to to persevere. I was like, well, you could say the same thing about her, but now ultimately it's like for the ages. Like that's that character. It's it's really yeah, it's kind of moving. Like I get a little choked up thinking about it. Like yeah, her drive to survive is so powerful. Like Rip the character of Ripley's not not just this uh, indomitable alien sort of malignant and, creature and, and but the human spirit so enticing about that is is what does she have why is she driven so hard to survive other than other pure survival like because she there are these giant gaps of time in between that's another recurring theme that happens in these movies is like there are significant jumps in the time frame in between each one and so you find out in the second one that she had a daughter. Did did they show any like was this in your Oh Newt? <laughs> no, not oh, Newt. wait. Like no, no you she... mean a real daughter, yeah. like a biological daughter? When she's back on Earth. So this is a deleted scene. You must not have seen the No, no, uh, I don't know about this. The director's cut. You find out that Ripley, when she was on her mission, had a daughter. Like she was not supposed to be gone for that long. Oh and shit! So she just like when she goes out into that um, escape pod at the end of the first one, she's expecting to just like instantly get picked up, but she gets picked up like years later, like decades later. And her daughter, who was like young, in this scene with Paul Reiser, he shows a photo of what's supposed to be her daughter, and she's an old woman. Where like you find out that Ripley lost all of the like. Yeah, like 60 years. Every, yeah, 60 years of her life and a daughter in that time. Like, And so it's it's interesting how this instinct to survive and how you picked up on that. But it's like, what does Ripley really have to live for other than just pure... Like, I need to outlast this alien, you know? Um, oh, wow. That, that does change things, obviously. This idea yeah. that she's trying to stay alive for something. Because it feels like she is... I mean, for lack of a, uh, kind of alone. Uh, I mean, you never really get a context of like what her family situation is or, or anything. Yeah. 
Wow, that's surprising. Ultimately, that they would leave her relationship with Newt on why she's so close to Newt. Yeah, the second one. (laughs) Yeah, nobody calls me. Was Newt from like Philadelphia? It's like nobody calls me Rebecca. (laughs) My name is Newt. (laughs) I mean, Newt was adorable, but Newt definitely entered the pantheon for me, the personal pantheon of like, it's uh, Jonathan Harker and the Thirty One Dracula. of like and Murtaugh and Lethal Weapon of like and, and Dracula he's just always like Mina 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 and Murtaugh is always like Riggs Riggs <laughs> and now for me it's nudes being like Ripley Ripley <laughs> <laughs> that's a good group to be in I suppose yeah but yeah she was amazing uh, Newt I I you know what I, the I think the cast is just as good I, again it's just. They are two drastically different movies, different kinds of movies that are about the same person and yeah. characters. Um, you can't. I, I. I think it would be. It would be off-putting if it was if the first time you saw Alien and Aliens back to back. That would like. It was different. I. Th- <laughs> I. I. I was able to really intellectualize it to know like this is not the way anyone else encountered this. Yeah. Like there were what um 7 years in between. It was like a different time. And and I love stuff from the 80s and I love going back now like with the Stephen King universe especially. I'm able to um some of William Friedkin's work before that and John Carpenter, all the stuff that I missed. So like I love going back to that era. But um something about Aliens Aliens was it was the first time I can think of that I suffered from what I think a lot of folks do that try to go to those movies as an adult for the first time. Like it, it felt dated in a way that was problematic for me. Just not in terms of like, fuck this movie, but it was just like, Oh, I probably would have liked this more had I come to it yeah, at a different like time. The, the, the military, <laughs> the military vibe. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. Uh, and, and even Bill Paxton for as much as I knew that to be kind of lionized as this, great thing to me he just felt like really over the top and like false caricature and 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 i think all the more so coming from the ridley scott movie where everybody felt so true to life like in this bizarrely you know science fiction reality everybody felt i mean you got harry teen stan who's never probably acted a false note in his life and like but all these people like they just felt so authentic in this even in this heightened reality. So as soon as you step into the world of 1986, Jim Cameron, I've never said Jim Cameron before tonight, but I keep saying it. As though, oh, Jim Cameron. Jim Cameron. Uh, it's weird Jim. too, because I have nothing but love for like the Terminator, Terminator 2. I fucking love Titanic. Like I, yeah. I got nothing, I got nothing against him. But in contrast, I was surprised that, that suffered a bit to where I was just like, oh, you guys are just like ham-fisted, it, except for Michael Bean, who I love, Michael Bean. Um, he didn't bother me. He seemed fine. He's Michael Bean. He's, he's, yeah, what a, uh, but he's, yeah, not John, what, what's his character in Terminator? It's yeah. It was really yeah. good. I wonder, I wonder too, like how Paul Reiser, like where does he fit in? Because I didn't know there would be anything but, say, a space crew. So I was surprised. He, that he was this he, other thing, and I was like, essential, like essentially the project manager that's there to yeah. ensure, to ensure the company's investment 
Yeah. Their interests. They're, and he, like he assures her that thing of like, oh, we're not going to just try to bring it. That was the thing for me, having just come out of the first one, was both the juxtaposition of like their, the the verisimilitude or realism somehow, that first one with the kind of 80s action movie overblown like characterizations of, the, of, the, of like big guns and machismo thing. It just threw me off a bit. It's like RoboCop. Like this came out in the mid 80s at the height of like Reaganism. Yeah. So like yeah. we're at the height of the cold like of the 80s cold war like the cold war is like wine is just about to wind down but you're we're still in that weird period there in the first one I felt like that corporate this is what corporate wants us to do like it's in our contracts it the the corporatism is as far as it's in the contract that you signed that said if there's any chance of encountering alien life, you'll do it. Well, I'm not going to do it unless we increase our shares. Yeah. Well, then you're going to forfeit all of your shares if you're not going to do this. Well, then I guess we're going to go. Like that's that that was the extent of the yeah. corporatism, right? Which that one it's just helpful to kind of propel the plot. Like you need that thing to yeah to get to where you need to go. But for this, that first one from the big, I think feel like this one was, a, they really hammered in that idea of the company as a, like a commentary on like the corporatism of the eighties, you know, like the, like the same way that, that RoboCop did it. Like they did it in a much more satirical way with those commercials and all that stuff. Um, But I think that that is a common thing just from the eighties, just because big business, became big business i feel like in the 80s yeah and the same with sequels I, that's what i was starting to think about was this was the first time that it was able to be brought into focus for me in a not because and not be clouded by nostalgia of how most sequels are essentially remakes yeah uh, and and i think if like if you love that world and you want to stay in it of course you want to leave the weapon four <laughs> or whatever i mean right. if you're me but but i was even able i was finding myself like my thoughts drifting off to like, oh, you know, these first movies when they're first discovering these things and first kind of unpacking this successful formula, it is a new thing. But once that formula exists, you have to replicate it. Right. And, um, and that ha that can sometimes yield very interesting things, but also a lot of times is like diminishing returns. And so, or is, is, or is at least different. And this was the first time I really experienced that. And so I found myself thinking a lot about that, like meta-wise, watching Aliens. And also just thinking, like, it's just so mad as an audience member. I was like, fucking listen to her! <laughs> like, yeah. from the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course they wouldn't. Oh, from the get-go. But they're, like... Again, I mean, James Cameron has a commentary, especially in his earlier works. And there's definitely... He's saying something about society, like the over militarization, how they were like overconfident, you know, like we're going to go into this foreign land and save the day. And then they go in there and get their asses handed to them, basically. And like yeah. they're being led by a guy that has like zero combat experience whatsoever. Yeah. I was impressed by that dude. I can't remember his, his name, but uh, when in this in this space where I felt everyone was kind of being over the top, I felt like that guy was kind of spot on. Yeah. And and I'm glad you said that about um 
James Camp Jim <laughs> having this kind of thing that he's probably trying to say. Because I did notice that as it got towards, say, the middle of the movie, I, I realized, like, oh, that stuff at the beginning that felt a little too big for me was obviously intentional, and they're kind of moving in this other yeah. direction. And I was able to I think um, might like the, um, the alternate version of this one. Uh, it might do a little better. Uh, you actually see the settlement before it's overrun by aliens. Like you see it populated with people and like oh, family wow. and everything. You see all of that. Um, I think even knowing what to expect. Well, well I'm like yeah. now I realize that talking about it, that I am just sort of in or interested yeah. to learn more. Uh, um, yeah, I, I'm so glad that I, I had this like opportunity to to go and 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 spend time. Like I always meant to see these movies. Yeah. I was extra intrigued when I learned it was like your favorite series, and uh, yeah, it was really cool to be able to go and just like devote. I mean, all that. The only thing I was doing other than watching the movies, larger in life, and seeing Ripley's pubic hair, like you wouldn't believe was like eating burgers and yeah having a milkshake <laughs> that's awesome a milkshake and pubes there's there's <laughs> yeah that, that's the together right right there. milkshakes and pubes <laughs> yeah uh, I, I was into it and i'm uh i'm interested to to dive into I, that i'm, I'm totally excited to see what you think about the third the third one um, yeah i need to like i like i said i've seen it i don't recall it and i certainly don't have a context for it in the larger story um what how do you feel about the more recent ones because hasn't there been like prometheus yeah. there been like a couple recently helmed by ridley scott personally? yeah well there's prometheus and then alien um alien covenant uh yeah yeah so but have you seen those and how do those I fit did. in um So the first one, Prometheus, I really wanted to like it. Um, and that one, that's one that has like a, there's like this four hour long documentary that made like, of course, of course there was for a two hour long movie. There's a four and a half hour long documentary about it. Four hour documentary. Is that, is that? Well, where do you see this four-hour documentary? Where's On it? the Prometheus, here is and here is the shittiness. You could only get that four and a half hour long documentary if you bought the forty dollar three D Blu Ray of that movie. Three D Blu Ray. I, God, I, damn. I pirated it. I didn't care. <laughs> um, but you also didn't necessarily cotton to it too much, like you didn't. So they it. brought. Uh, all right, so this is probably going to be a little contentious here. Uh, so they brought Damon Lindelof. They had a, a guy wrote a script that was good enough that Ridley Scott was like, this is the movie I'm going to make. And the studio was like, no, we need somebody bigger attached to the script. Oh, they just wanted a name? Yeah, so they bring Damon Lindelof on. I know that he is from Lost, right? And so initially I was excited. But then in this documentary, in this four and a half hour long documentary, and this stuff was starting to come out before the movie came out even, 
he was like, I know there's a lot of things that fans are expecting to be in this alien movie. So I'm not, I'm trying to avoid all of those. And like, I just want to be contentious. Like he just wanted to be intentionally contentious. So he really changed the script up and it just like, and then Ridley Scott was like, no, it's not an alien prequel. But everybody who had seen stuff from I do remember that whole thing. Alien prequel. And uh then you come to find out that it is an alien prequel. Uh and then Alien Covenant came out. And somebody asked me when I was working at McGraw Hill, uh, it it came up that uh, Alien, the Alien franchise was actually my favorite. And the guy was like, Oh, did you see Alien Covenant? And I was like, Yeah. And he's like, what did you think about it? And I stood there for like 35 seconds and I was like, I can't remember one thing about it. Like it was totally forgettable. Um, And I I was able to change that after a little bit more thought. Like Michael Fassbender, like does an amazing, he's an amazing actor. And uh, in the second one, in that alien covenant, he plays two versions of the same. And he's the Android. Oh yeah, movies that that I thought was so amazing in the first one, like you would never know. Yeah, like Ian Holm was, I, like I was marveling at his acting to begin with, yeah. and and then when that happened, it was such a shock. Whereas when you see Lance Henriksen in uh, the second one, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with Lance Henriksen? And then and then yeah. it comes out a few minutes later, like oh he's the android, and then the, I, I don't know, I felt they made good use of it, but I thought. That was uh, yeah. That was one of those things like the diminished returns from that first one, where it was like yeah. a big reveal for me. It was a big no, reveal because I, I didn't know. Listen, everything that you're it, it is an over top, over the top cliched '80s action film. Like, I mean, it's directed by the guy who came off of directing. He this was sandwiched in between Terminator and Terminator Two. You know, like. Yeah, had he made the abyss yet? Which I haven't seen, but I know of it. It looks like the fucking abyss. After, I think the... the abyss came after it. Yeah, it had that uh, like blue hue. Yeah. <laughs> now that you say that blue thing, I totally get that. I'm... Oh yeah, I, even if you look at the fucking posters, I'm on his IMDb page. Right? The Terminator Two has this blue like cast to it. Part of uh, part of the reason I'm sensitive to that, not surprisingly, is the crow, <laughs> because I know in the art direction of that movie in 19. 19- when they were making it in 1993, there were like no blues. That yeah. there was like no blue hues of any kind or greens, only like black, white, and red. Anyway, but uh, yeah, oh, Terminator, yeah. Avatar, yeah. Avatar Five coming out in 2025. <laughs> anyway. uh, so he made so he the Terminator, Rambo First Blood Part Two. Oh, he wrote that. He wrote that? The screenplay by, yeah. Holy shit. Um, and then the expendable. That's where that comes that's where that comes from. That whole thing about being expendable. That's the only thing I remember about Rambo First Blood Part Two. Rambo first one, like I didn't see it right away, but like that that's a memorable movie about more like more than just the action film you think yeah. of when really what you think of when you think of Rambo, it starts with Rambo too. Uh yeah, because Rambo Two is like all the action sequences that they allude to in Rambo One, right? Like, yeah, it's all just kind of like, yeah, it's seizing Rambo upon the action of the whole thing. Like, like the ideas of Rambo One are fucked up. Like, 
and and really like emotional like it's yeah. it's it's much more emotionally based and uh it's a really moving movie um as i click on rainbow first blood part 2 it's like story there's like based on characters by and then story by another dude and then screenplay by james cameron and sylvester stallone anyway but like yeah, I mean the guy's got a great pedigree, <laughs> but like, yeah, eighty four is Terminator, eighty five is Rambo, First Blood Part Two, which he helps write. Then comes Aliens. Eighty six. The Abyss comes later. In Abyss is eighty nine. Yeah, and then Terminator ninety one. So I mean, he's good run. <laughs> yeah, and and technical, like he's like a very good technical director. Yeah, like, and when he's like Lucas, and like he has innovated shit. Yeah, for cinema yeah. that will live on for. Oh, I, I mean, Avatar is the whole reason why we're still seeing 3D movies. Like the the success of Avatar, I feel like. Yeah. Um. So, I can totally see all of that. Um, I'm. I, I will say though, like having seen it now and being past the shock of like the back to back juxtaposition i'm much more willing to embrace the whole thing in like a larger context it was just jarring to me at the time and kind of illuminative 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 (laughs) about that idea of kind of sequels as it was emerging in the 80s and now that's probably extended to both sequels and reboots (laughs) um but but yeah it was easy for me to understand why this could be your favorite series and why people and love it so much. Consider those four movies, those are like, those are the, my favorite series. I don't consider these Prometheus and alien covenant in there. I don't put those in with it. I don't put any of the alien versus predator movies in there. Oh, I forgot about that. There's more than one of those. There's two of those. Whoa. So, so it, and then technically, I mean, if you want to, th- if you want to think universes, so if that puts them in there, then technically you want the whole alien experience. You'd put all the predator movies in there too, then. Jesus. Yeah. So the timeline gets convoluted. <laughs> yeah. And I've never seen predator uh, yet. Though I, I will, I'm sure. No, isn't that crazy? Fucking God. Are you all the Shane Black talk? I know that's and isn't he in that one? Like as a yeah. yeah yeah yeah. No, I'm I'm interested. Uh, like I said, and and those it's easier for me to go. Yeah, I, I'm happy to step back into that stuff. Yeah, it was just it was weird to step back into it after Alien from 1979. Yeah, which I, was such I, a I, I feel like there would have been like a day if you just would have like come back the next day and saw Aliens, it would have changed that experience. Like just so you had yeah. time to digest the first one, because the, the the first one is just like so. It it's a very slow pace. It's very yeah, it is It's very mm-hmm. claustrophobic. It's yeah. very like pseudo sexual, like because it, it's supposed to be a metaphor for rape, and mm-hmm. like all. So you have all these weird, weird things going on there. You have the, just to let that settle, I think then to come into like, I I don't know. It's like going from a nice dry wine to then putting like a spoonful of sugar in your mouth. Like, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. That's a good analogy. And in terms yeah. of like what you're saying, it's like, 
as you say, those four different genres. It's weird to genre yeah. hop like that with the same characters, especially. Yeah. So, all right. That's I'm all. I, oh, I mean, we just, we just up to four viewers and we're about to sign off. <laughs> we're going to, I'm so sorry to our fourth viewer that just joined us. But we are past the bride's bedtime, which means we, yeah. We must stop. <laughs> we must stop. So uh, we're going to wrap up episode 59 of Long Walk Short Drink. But before we do that, we're going to go through our list for all our good long walkers out there. Spread the word. Tell people about this shit. But here's what you can do. First off, head over to our YouTube channel. Search Long Walk Short Drink on YouTube. You know why you have to search it? Because we don't have a unique YouTube URL yet. You know, yes. get that. You have to subscribe to us after you search YouTube. Hit subscribe. Well, after you hit subscribe, you subscribe. You might as well ring the bell too, so that way you get notified every time. Because on alternating Wednesdays, we'll record a lot our episodes. Dave edits those, and then they get released as our podcast the following Wednesday. If you want to see the whole conversation as it happens live, where you can interact with us, which has been happening all this episode, you can do all that on YouTube by uh, subscribing and clicking the bell. Uh, you can, if you'd rather listen to us as the nice, neat, trimmed down podcast episodes, you can do that on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Uh, just search Long Walk Short Drink. Follow us on Twitter at Long um, LWSD Pod. Uh, head on over to audibletrial.com slash LWSD. Sign up for your free Audible trial and where you get your free audiobook. Download Michael C. Hall's reading of Pet Cemetery. Uh, Fuck yeah. He started stuff. finally the fourth uh, Dark Tower book. He, he's been texting me about that. Oh, Double D has? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Hit the like button, too. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, Double D started the fourth Dark Tower book, which is like, in my opinion, the best recorded audiobook I've ever listened to. Oh, uh, we're hoping to hear from him too on uh, on 60. LWSD sixty, where we'll have the full cast. Full cast. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, hit yeah. the like button, leave a comment, leave a review. That would be great. Yeah, go to davidalman.net for my music and film projects. Uh, check out. Cafe Days, my new double live album of songs and stories from the coffee shop shows I recorded in 2006 to 7. Also, DreamingOutLoudRecords.com for all WLWSD-related uh, music available to date. Uh, always free to download with supplementary material to contextualize projects and hopefully deepen your appreciation thereof. This is Dave signing off from Northfield, Minnesota. This is Palmer signing off from Dayton, Ohio. Love you, buddy. Love you also. This was yeah. super fun. We'll talk to all of you next time with the whole fucking cast. Whole cast. Moto, Twinkie, Double D, Palmer, and myself. Yep. We'll be on here. We'll catch up with all the rest of the cast before we take our winter hiatus. Thanks a lot, Mom Walker. Nap. Yeah. Go to bed. <laughs> Cuddle up to the bride. Yeah. Ask her about her top five or, or her free five. What do you call it? Free five. Free five. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Brad Pitt forever. Brad Pitt. All five.
there's one thing I wanted to say to you tonight. We set the artist free. I'm talking about this artist here. Set him free. I'm saying, quit your day job. I know what you're saying. I can't quit my day job. I got kids to feed, Jack. Quit your day job. Focus on your craft. One time, before you died, you squandered it. Fucking robots! And after two years of honestly focusing on your craft, KG and I will swoop in, we'll check out your progress, and we'll encourage you to continue! Or we will say stop. And then seriously, you must stop. Or penalties will be created? Then enforced. Because this is the thing. Sometimes you follow your heart. Sometimes your heart cuts a fart. That's the cosmic shame. And I don't know what you guys must be saying. It makes you guys so fucking good. I don't fucking know, and I don't like it. Sometimes I sit up at night going to myself, fuck, why can't everybody have it? Because this is the thing. Some people learn it in the streets. Some people learn it in the schools. Me and KG were fucking born with it, homes. Because check this out. Supreme, we like the cream drinks. Been worked on. 
to a hunt for your snatch. My snatch. That's what we're offering you. You step into our room and then you smell the perfume. You lay palm all round this bed and then you feel a tickling on your head. It's Kitty with the feather and the French sticker love. Look up, baby, he's got the tools. Then you feel something down by your feet. It's me, it's JP. I'm sucking on your toes. We don't mind sucking on toes. Good luck finding a lover who's a cub. Having sex with me, KG. Now you're talking double G. You know what the test is? You say, climb on top, honey. You do what you like. And then sometimes she might be fucking you soft, but sometimes she might be fucking you real hard. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, you like that? You like that? You like oh, that? You like that? You like that? So, oh, slow down. I'm going to spurt. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Shouldn't <laughs> fuck me so hard. Sometimes that's not right to do Sometimes you got to make some love And fucking give her some smooches too Sometimes you got to squeeze Sometimes you got to say please Sometimes you got to say hey I'm gonna fuck you softly I'm gonna screw you gently I'm gonna hump you sweetly I'm gonna ball you discreetly And then you say, hey, I brought you flour But then you say, wait a minute, Sally I think I got something in my teeth Get it out for me That's fucking teamwork What's your favorite position? That's cool with me, it's not my favorite, but I'll do it for you. What's your favorite dish? I'm not gonna cook it, but I'll order it from Zanzibar. And then I'm gonna love you completely.
something with you something that's very important and it's only because I think of us as a band this is important I need to share it it's, this could be the greatest invention in the invention of singing ever well do tell do tell <laughs> do tell do tell well I'll tell the inward singing dude think about it man rockers are only rocking you half the time because the, half the time they're fucking breathing in. Not with inward singing. Think about it, man. Non-stop rocking. How, does, how would one... Okay, sing? check it out. Check it out. Ready? And then I start some lyrics and you can't believe I'm singing it and I can't believe I'm singing I'm like a fucking woman, man. I'm like a fucking woman, man. And I can sing like that all fucking night. Wow. It wasn't really nonstop. Oh, shut up! You fucking dick! 
always naysaying everything I do, everything I create, you fucking create something like inward singing, fucking sit on your tower, fucking bitch, you fucking cock ass, fucking bitch. What's funny? Shut up, you fucking cock ass. Kyle, you're fired from the band. That won't be necessary, Jack. Why? I quit. What? I quit. Just now, Kyle quit the band. Now we're back together. Misunderstanding. Didn't understand. Doesn't matter. Now we're back together again. La 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 la. Couldn't split up Tango and Nash. That's true. Couldn't split up Tango and Cash. And that's also true. This is our song of exalted joy because we came to kick some ass. Rock the fucking house and kick some ass. What we're gonna do with all the cash? And everyone, you're a man to the back. Come on, cop, one time, come on. Three, four, five, six, six, six. There were some scientists trying to figure out the Sasquatch riddle. Then they figured out it was a missing link. search of Sasquatch, that was a kick as in search of, with Leonard Nimoy, kicking up the jams, ah, he captured imagination of people all around the globe, his name was Sasquatch, so I'm told, his legend's ancient in the ancient tribe of Indian Sasquatch is real. Take a look at the plastic cast of his foot. Now you know he's real. Listen real close to the audio tape. Not human. Now you know he's real. Couldn't be a man in gorilla suit. No fucking way, man. I know he's real. 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 Really real. Real. Sasquatch. Sasquatch.
tenacious D
this, my friends. The song that Kyle and I sang on that fateful night didn't actually sound anything like this song. This is just a tribute. You got to believe it. And I wish you were there. Just a matter of opinion. Good God. Gotta love it. So surprised you find you can't stop it. But rich motherfucker, you're fine. Rock. <laughs> That's awesome. All right.